you were asking about judgment and what's different. Um, really not much in, in the sense of like, of like how I'm approaching it really like once, um, so I played Yakuza six, which was the last one in like the, of the, like the mainline Yakuza games that I needed to play. And I played that like the day before like a dragon came out. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I was basically like looking at every Yakuza game as like, okay, I'm going to play this and I'm going to do some of the side content, but you know, how can I get through this fast? (laughs) I'm not even like, I just wasn't interested in doing everything. I would put some time into some things that seemed fun. And then I would just move on because I knew I had more games to get to. Mm, gotcha. Right. So it was always the, it was always that feeling of like, well, you know, I could just get through this and I want to see where the story went. And there's like five more games to play. So I just want to get to those and see, well, it's and see what true. happens next. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little, it's kind of a special thing because you're, you're, it was your first time being part of the Yakuza game as it was coming out. Right. Yeah. So you really wanted to be caught up once you got there. But then once I got there, it was like, there's no Yakuza game after this. So I made as well, I may as well just take my time and do everything. And it yeah, was the true, first judgment time that came out uh, like a year earlier. Yeah. It... So you were all, you were completely caught up with nothing, nothing to play right then. Right. So mm-hmm. you just had a ton of time to. Yeah. To like this is around. it. Like once this is over, it's, we're just waiting until the next one comes out. So we mm-hmm. may as well just, we may as well get everything we can out of this because there isn't any more after this. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's where I, that's basically the point that I hit with like a dragon. And then with lost judgment, I'm basically in the same, I'm in the same boat, except boy, is there just so much more. Really? It is so, it, it is so much bigger than the games that came before. And those are all big games, but it's like lost judgment has, Okay, so you've played a bunch of Yakuza games at this point. You know mm-hmm. how there's like a bunch of little mini games that are in like every that are in like every game. There's always a couple of arcade games. There's like darts and pool and sure. And, you know, a couple of little things like that. There's usually some there is some game somewhere that involves women. Of course, yeah. Yeah, whether it be dating or the phone club or the weird photo thing or the text chat with actual like live action porn stars doing yeah. doing their I didn't thing. do that one yet. That's 6, right? 6 and I think uh Kiwami 2 has a version of it as well. Oh, it did. You're right. I just didn't do it. That's I did right. it once because I got roped into the I got roped <laughs> into the sub story. You did on the stream and then you're like, "Oh god." <laughs> yeah, it was uncomfortable. And like I mean to listen, be honest, all of those things sort of make me uncomfortable just cuz it's not how I it's it's not my normal nature to be like, Hey, I'm going to watch this girl kind of awkwardly take a bath or something. (laughs) The whole, whole, like the whole idea of like why that content exists is like, okay. You're like, Hey man, if that's your thing, cool. But it's, it's, it's something that I look at. I'm like, I, I don't know. That's not for me, (laughs) especially in some of the older Yakuza games where there, it's just like, awkward 3d models doing it yeah. and then it's even more uncomfortable and i'm like okay this is even weirder now it's even weirder <laughs> yes <laughs> oh god so yeah there's always there, there's always that there's always a mini game that's like the sexy mini game right <laughs> yeah or it's at least yeah. trying to be 
I mean, that, um, that is what it's supposed to be. Yes, that is the intention. And then there is, you know, there's the there's the little mini games that are all over the place that are that are they kind of do in every game. There's baseball, there's pool, there's darts, there's a uh, don't golf. talk about pool. There's 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 golf in some form. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Starting in Yakuza 3, I think. Yeah, they had they had. Well, I suppose Yakuza 3 is really the start of all of them anyways. If, and if anyone playing them now, because no one's playing the PS2 versions. Right, so right, right. It's that's kind of like it's weird to think that Yakuza Three is sort of the first one now that's kind of redefining what Yakuza had in all in it. Because I, I really don't know what Yakuza One and Two were, were like in terms of side stuff. I imagine they had some of it. Yeah, I just don't know how yeah. much of it. Yeah, I don't know either. That's actually that's actually interesting to think about. I know that it's before Nagoshi took over as a, or like not Nagoshi. Maybe Nagoshi was doing it the whole time. They had a writer change or something or like a mm-hmm. producer change or director. One of the main people in the, in the thing changed from like two to three. And that's when, that's when like, I think at three, it became a lot more like zany and Kiryu became a lot more relatable instead of just like a, just like a big tough punk. Yeah. I think that's, that's what, that's why they had the whole, that's why they kind of went extra hard with the, uh, orphanage stuff yeah. is that they were trying to make him be more like hey no he's not justin he's not actually goku okay he, yeah look he's a good person <laughs> he's he's more than just the strongest person you've ever seen in your entire life that will always be able to get to the next power level no matter what yes yeah i mean he it's still so does it's that, so but. interesting because Kiryu's <laughs> whole thing is not that he keeps leveling up to it's not that he keeps like increasing his power level it's that his power level has been at maximum from the beginning and has never changed. <laughs> he's just always invincibly str- like he's he's impossibly strong always. Yeah. And like at a, at a certain point, like that's what. Well, OK. Yakuza six spoilers. No, <laughs> there is a there is an increasing um, there's an increasing acceptance in Yakuza games. Where, like, it stops being about can Kiryu overcome this? Yeah. And he sort of gains a sort of, like, one-punch man Saitama sort of thing. Where it's like, it's not that he can't beat this. (laughs) It's just a matter of getting him in the right position to do it. (laughs) So it's like people trying to... They need to have him meet up. (laughs) Yeah, it's... No one can beat him. So the only way to like the only way to get around it is to like take him out of the picture somehow. Yeah. Either well, by like doing stuff out of his purview and like trying to avoid him or just like trying to limit him through other means. I think I think I think that's my favorite part about One Punch Man is that nobody is even aware of how strong he is. It's just the the way that 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 one wrote it was like it was just the perfect mix of him just trying to do just going through life, but still having the rest of everyone dealing with all of the hardships of it. But then when he shows up, he accidentally like, you know, solves everybody's problem and then doesn't even necessarily take credit for it. It's sort well, of half the time. He doesn't even realize it was a problem. Right. right. He's That's just the... like, he doesn't even, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't even register this like huge city killing <laughs> monster as a threat. He just kind of <laughs> flicks it away. And it was like, Hey, do you know how to get to the grocery store? <laughs> I'm reading the 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 manga as it's coming out in America, so I'm way behind where they're at. Mm. Uh, if you're reading the web version, I guess. Um, and actually, I don't even know if the web version exists anymore. I don't know. Kyle sometimes like, dude, this part like you can't talk about it. I'm not there yet. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just he's in like the Monster Association base at the moment in in the U.S. arc, 
and he's like, yeah, there's just loud noises over here and it's really bothering me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah. that's why he's there while the rest of the cast, you know, there's, there's whole books of the other people, you know, trying their for for their life like they're like oh god we're gonna lose like the world's at we're all gonna die blah 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 and he's like no it's just kind of loud like i don't know i'm i'm hungry or it's it's noise i want to nap <laughs> it's yeah. just such a fun way of writing a character that, that what a what a yeah. great idea for a for a comic that was then taken to beyond just hey he kills everything in one punch like it was when when, when i first started reading i was like wow i wonder how they're gonna make this interesting <laughs> yeah 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 because like they did the, a great job the character like you know what it is, is it's like, this is a more interesting take on Superman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because well, only because he's like, because it's the whole thing where it's like, okay, well, you have this extremely ultimate power, like character who can't be beaten by anything. Mm-hmm. And in Superman, you try to get around that by like my one weakness. But what if he just doesn't have that? Yeah. And then how do you write around that? Yeah. And how do and you, it's... how do you make a story fun and interesting? Yeah. And it's by making him a normal dude who actually like doesn't who actually doesn't like having that much power. He's actually like super bored by it. Well, and and they have the wonder and they have like the other character King and how he's like he's supposed he's supposedly one punch man in the eyes of everybody else. But he's actually just a guy that's always in the well, I suppose the right place at the at the. Uh, wrong time right yeah where exactly <laughs> so where we're a lot of times this one punch man who accidentally killed the thing and then he's the one that's standing there and like wow king how'd you do that and he's like i i'm terrified i have no idea what's going on <laughs> 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 I, I really like that show a lot or the oh i think the the first season was great i don't i don't i didn't watch the second the season. second season was... out on like hulu or amazon or something weird like that and i didn't watch it either I heard the animation was kind of weird, so I just they switched away. animation studios, and I heard that it was bad, but I didn't actually watch it. But I've also yeah. been reading it. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy reading it. But Kiryu definitely has that that One Punch Man kind type of thing, where like once he shows up on scene, it's all over. <laughs> yeah, it's just that like some people don't realize that it's over. Yeah, <laughs> and you know. Doesn't Yakuza 6 start? Because I think I watched you in the beginning where he's just in some bar and then some random thugs like, <laughs> I'll beat your ass. And then yeah, he's like, yeah, Jesus, yeah. How, do, how do you not know who this person is? Well, it's because he's a legend in Kamurocho, but like he's hanging out in, in Konomichi out, in, That's out right. in the boonies by, Hirosh- That's right. That's right. by like Hiroshima. When he was, like, he's no one's heard of, of him down here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's it seems like someone that has done the things that Kiryu has done would surpass boundaries of a city (laughs) you know what it is also is like it's you're right because there is a thing there there, there's a thing there where this guy picks a fight with this random dude in a bar and he's like oh you know there's that whole like weirdly possessive thing where it's like hey this woman who doesn't acknowledge me as anything other than a patron is uh is my woman is yeah how dare you drink here and and have a drink at her establishment and talk to her like a human person. <laughs> How dare I'm going to take your ass outside and, you know, you kick his ass because that's what here you do. And then, like, I mean, he doesn't know anything years else. Years so. later or like not years later, but like hours later in the story, um, like there's a whole thing where it's like, wait, shit, you're the dragon of Dojima. <laughs> So, like, it's one of those things where, like, the reputation of who he is has spread everywhere. Sure. But not everyone necessarily has a face to the name. 
Yeah, I suppose he's not like a, <laughs> although he is in the side quest, he's not actually a social media person that has a blog where he talks about uh, witnessing crazy shit in various cities. <laughs> right, no. <laughs> he totally doesn't do that. No one reads quests. his blog, you know. <laughs> Like, yeah. that's totally oh, just, like, self-diary <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not even online. It's like, you probably never watched, I don't know if you ever saw The Office, but one of the characters was set up with his, he thought it was his blog, but it was just, like, a Word, like, a Word document with a URL at the top, and is it because they didn't want, the person set it up for him because they're like, yeah, no one needs to read what this man's thinking, so we let him think that this was the internet or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's basically it. Like, all of his posts are set to private. Yeah. Or he has, like, I, I, I actually prefer the idea that, like, he actually is posting it publicly, but just no one reads it. There's, yeah, like, yeah. three people on it, and one of them, like, it's one him. <laughs> it's him, Haruka, and, like, and the and the guy who keeps telling him to do uh, Mac. Yeah. yeah, Mac, yeah. Yeah. And maybe Date. <laughs> maybe Date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more people follow the impersonator's blog for sure. <laughs> I love I love that guy's side quests where it's like where it ha I think it's in it's it's at least in Kiwami Two is the first place I remember it. It's like it's like fat Kiryu. <laughs> yeah, there's that one, and then there's it's definitely in four, and I want to say it's in three too. I think there's been an impersonator in, um, in a fair number of them. Yeah, it's shown up a couple times. I only saw it twice, but I didn't do all of the side quests in each game either. Yeah, it was, it was neat. So you know how I was saying I was playing Yakuza 4 on, like, the easiest setting? Mm -hmm. It was neat because Lachise was like, hey, I want to try playing. I was like, well, yeah, go ahead. And since it wasn't, like, the combat was pretty straightforward, she had a lot of fun. So she actually ended up doing all of the side quests in Yakuza 4. Oh, that's cool. Because she was having a lot of fun playing them. So otherwise, yeah. I probably wouldn't have bothered doing them. But she's mm -hmm. like, ah, I'm, I'm having fun. I want to do them. Like, yeah, let's, let's go for it. That's yeah. great. So I, I got to see more than I usually would, which is, it's, I forget how many of those characters are recurring characters across the the like in three and then in four they make reference in four to things in three and i was like oh well crap i didn't i didn't do that yeah so yeah 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 <laughs> I, sorry i'm not a good i'm not a good player i i didn't do uh i didn't play the way i was supposed to <laughs> yeah i mean some of those some of those things like dig really deep too mm -hmm. yeah like i definitely remember a few references to things where it's like oh yeah i remember that guy in uh in in uh oh god where's the uh where's the orphanage help me out here like i okinawa oh okinawa yeah <laughs> i really wanted to call it okonomiyaki but that's food that's just that's just food. <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay Whew. um so yeah there's references to like oh yeah that guy from there and it's like i never met him i don't know who we're talking about i guess yeah. that's a i guess that's a side story i didn't do yeah. Yeah, it, ha it happens more than I would have guessed. Yeah, that they have those like little fun things like that. So circling us back to Lost Judgment, I was talking yeah. about like mini games and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason I was talking about mini games, because, you know, there's like the small mini games that show up in like every game. In yeah, your gambling form. and stuff. Yeah. 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 You're gambling and a couple of sports games. And then there's like one or two what I would call like main mini games. Sure, it's it's like a, they're almost mini games that could be their own indie game. <laughs> yeah, and they kind of stand alone. There's there's an actual story behind them that you unlock by going further in that mini game. Yeah. So that'd be your that'd be your club management and your real estate and your pocket circuit oh, and 
and I heard all a lot of, of people don't like Pocket Circuit, and that made me very sad. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I understand why because you don't actually get to do the racing, but it's 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 the but planning. the the yeah the planning and the and the and the actual building and like it's a puzzle. Yeah, it exactly. is ultimately that's all, that's a puzzle. What it is. Yeah, and and like, walk because obviously there's a bit of RNG involved. There is definitely RNG because <laughs> you can do it multiple times and get different outcomes. Yes, one hundred percent. But when, like when I learned is, that, I was much happier because I was like, "Oh wait, okay, I actually made a good thing." Yeah, it's you just did that. it good. Just try it again. Yeah, it'll work <laughs> yeah. this time exactly, or the next time. Yeah, and so like it is. Pocket Circuit is definitely a puzzle thing, where it's all about just. It's all just about putting the car together and like, okay, this will work theoretically Mm -hmm. or it won't. And it's like, okay, what's the problem? Yeah. Take off the, uh, take off the, take off the, uh, the, the sidebar things that keep your, that keep you in the lane. They're, they're too heavy. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I think that's what I liked about it. That it was just, I I don't know why I liked it, but I, I, I actually, when I found that in Kiwami, I did nothing else for like, I don't know, seven hours or maybe yep. seven hours, but Basically I did all until it. it's done. Right. Yeah. I, I couldn't stop until I had everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple, there's a couple of mini games, but I would say like every game has an average of like two. Yeah. At most. And sometimes they're not even things you want to touch again. Yeah. Sometimes they're, sometimes they're objectively bad. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, or they're just like a, like the, the fighting mini game in four, the one where you train somebody that's like, okay. Oh but- Yeah. That one kind of is like, eh, eh. I actually did all of that one with the uh, wow, with Saj- really? Yeah, with Saijima. Yeah, it just it didn't it didn't it didn't it didn't hit that mark for me. I, uh, I I'm a big fan of like simulation type. Yeah, I mean, similar to the it's actually very similar to the pocket racer in a way, right? Because it's kind of like you're 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 just sort of organizing it and then letting it play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I should like, give it a chance again. I'm I'm a big fan of just like okay here's your here's your dudes level them up and like sort of affect their growth. I'm one of those weird people who like the Blitzball game in Ten Two. I like it in Ten Two more than um, Ten. I kind of do too, even though you don't actually play Blitzball. Yeah, that's because I don't like Blitzball, so that's probably why. <laughs> but it's it has that feeling of like. It does. I I played that a lot because the management sim aspect of it was enjoyable for me. Yeah, I can see that. So what I'm getting at here is the reason why Lost Judgment is taking me like 100 hours to finish is because mm-hmm. Lost Judgment has about eight minigames on that level. Ooh, that's a lot. Like there is dancing. And there is robotics and there is drone racing and there is boxing and there is bike racing and there is uh, something else that I'm forgetting off the top of my head <laughs> that is eek that is like also on that level of like, oh, there's the there's the dating game, which is actually less cringe than usual because it's actually kind of funny. Really? Uh, there's a whole thing. So the, the cabaret club v- replacement like hang out with girls minigame is functionally similar to the weird cringy like you know like chatterbait game that you play in uh in earlier in earlier yeah. yakuza games but it is actually just like a normal so there's apparently a thing in japan called a girls bar 
which is not a bar for girls, but it is a bar run by girls. Oh, and okay. it is essentially the same as a cabaret club, except that instead of the girls hanging out with you, like in in the booth with you, um, they are the bartenders. Oh, OK. So the bartenders are all just cute girls, but they don't oh, sit with sure. you. They just serve you drinks, but they also drink with you. So it's kind of the same, but like they're on the other side of the bar. So it's sort of less sleazy, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, I don't know if it actually is certainly is presented as as being more. I don't want to say wholesome. That's probably a little too far, but like a little less gross than the cabaret club thing. Um, So basically, there are one of the things you have to do is there's a huge there is a very, very large side story that connects a bunch of smaller side stories. And I don't want to tell you too much because spoilers, but basically like you are investigating a case and there's a bunch of like disparate threads of like, okay, so this person may have information on this guy you're trying to find. Sure. Right. And so you have to go infiltrate their group and do their thing for a little while. And then they'll trust you and they'll give you information. You can find out what they know about this. And then it, once you do all of them, you bring all of those threads together and you solve the case and it's a whole big thing. Um, yeah, because I one saw the, you racing a, 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 a very blinged out motorcycle. Yes, yes, that is one of the mini games. It's basically Road Rash. Um, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. Like a lot of uh, like a lot of RGG mini games, it is very is it cool. As hell? No, it's well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's I wouldn't call it janky. It is um, they are all of those games are like a mile wide, an inch deep. Sure. Yeah. Where it's like and, and I, I think you I think you recognize that basically all of the big mini games are kind of like that, where they seem really, really, really detailed. But once you figure out like two or three good strategies, you can basically just do that for the whole game. Yeah, that's the end of it. Yeah. So it see it always seems more detailed than it is, and this is no exception. Like you, okay. you can customize the bikes, and you can change bikes, and you can you know you can add all this stuff to it, and there's all these different moves. But really, there's like one upgrade tree with one thing, mm-hmm. and then and there's like one move that you need to use, and that's about it. So it gets simplistic, but it's still fun. Yeah, I mean that's which you know Road Rash is not terribly complex. Yeah, no. So it's I would say it's actually fairly similar to that. Um, But yeah, that is one of the many things. The the girls bar thing is like, oh, yeah, we heard that someone who was in contact with uh, with this professor guy has shown has hung out at the uh, hung out at this bar and was and was talking about stuff that he knows about the professor. So you need to go down to the bar and ask the girls there about what uh, about what they heard. Mm, like okay. what they heard him say and, and see if you can gather information. And it's like, okay, well this girl, uh, the, this girl, like the top girl is the one who, uh, who was, you know, like waiting on him or whatever. Yeah. But she's all temperamental and you can't request people because this isn't a cabaret club. You have to wait <laughs> until she's interested in you. So in the <laughs> meantime, you have to become a regular here and spend time with all the other girls first. 
Sure, sure, sure. So that's, you know, so you work your way up through all of the, there's, I think, four girls there. And you hang out with all of them and you order drinks. And and the mini game is basically like after you have a couple drinks, Yagami starts getting drunk and you have to uh, she'll you have to basically keep up a conversation. She'll ask you questions. And it's kind of like the phone club mini game in zero. Mm, Yeah. Where it's like you have to find the answer to the question, but it's rather than like find it and shoot it on the screen. It is you have three particles of the sentence, right? There's like yeah. the beginning, middle and end of the sentence. Um, and you have to um, and you have to basically find there's three options for each. So you have like a three by three grid. There's three parts of the sentence and there's three options for each part of the sentence. OK. And on a very limited time frame, you have to find the three like sections of the sentence that make sense. And the other ones are just like drunken nonsense. (laughs) That sounds very silly. It's very silly. And like, it's the funny thing for me is like streaming it and doing it as like content. I want to get the right answer, but I also want to read what the other ones are. Oh, right, right. So sometimes you miss it because you're like, (laughs) you had like the timer is very tight. Yeah. The time is very tight just to even find the actual, like the right words in the first place. Yeah, but then to also see what what else is there is like, well, and it's different to have it register in your head mm-hmm. than have it be something you say out loud. Or right, 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 right. Like bring up as a point of content on a stream. Right, it's way different than just seeing it and laughing. <laughs> yeah, and the um the thing is like they may they do it really well because it's actually confusing because all three sentences look similar. Oh, wow. But there's like one there's like one word that's different um, that like completely that completely changes the nature of it. Mm-hmm. So that sounds that sounds fun. So I, you have I, to I kind like of that. like really look closely. And then when you get really, really drunk, the right answer starts to be spelled wrong. <laughs> and it's like it sounds it's, it's spelled like you're like slurred speech. like slurred drunken speech but it's still the right answer so you have to pick that one because the other ones are just wrong but it's even harder to tell because it's not like it's technically not correct but you have to pick it anyway because like these are the words you want it's just like you know it's just sloshing out of your mouth at that point (laughs) oh god so the tldr the the reason why Lost Judgment is taking me so long is because there is so much more side content and a much higher a much higher um, proportion of it is actually good. That's really cool. There is a whole boxing mini game which you wouldn't think would be like okay, well, okay, it's it's you know the game is already based around fighting, so like how how different is it going to be? It's completely different. It's a completely different fighting engine like to to make it feel like you're boxing. And yeah, I mean, it's actually boxing with like there's specifically there's a specific skill tree and moves unique to the boxing game that you only use for boxing. That's really cool. And like that, I had a blast with that game. It is it is another game where like it's it's fairly simple once you get a couple of basic uh, 
once you get a couple basic skills down. But it was still, like, actually fairly difficult. Um like all the way through and there's a there's a progression system in it where you level up like four different stats and there's moves you can learn and like it was it was really fun so i'm basically spending all of my time just doing those things and i'm still sitting around in chapter nine after like 70 or 80 hours or so i mean to be fair that that feels like a yakuza game anyways if you enjoy the side content where you get to a point where the game opens up and you're like huh i spent 60 hours doing nothing what what happened Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. that that is just that's just yakuza <laughs> yep. so that's what i've been up to aside from like taking the week off because i did an extra life stream from like 11 to from like 11 to 6 p uh, 11 a 11 p.m to 6 a.m and it messed up my uh it messed up my sleep schedule for the whole week so i've just been tired and not wanted to do anything that makes sense was did it go well it went I really well watch it. yeah it was... we it went really well. Um, we raised our uh, we raised our goal. Nice. Um, both my individual goal and our team goal. We blew both of those away by a good like 10, 20 percent. That's awesome. So that's awesome. We uh, raised. Uh, what is the where did we end up for the team? I think I raised like 600 and something. Cool. But cool. the team. All together, we get into the team page now. We raised. And of course, we're all raising money for our own, like, we're in different parts of the country, so we're all raising money for different children's hospitals. Okay. Um, mine is Nationwide Children's Hospital, which is in Columbus, but, like, not everyone's was. Uh, so, collectively, for all of the different children's hospitals in our different areas, we raised $1,365. Nice. That's awesome. Not bad for a day's work. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm very, I'm very proud of that. It's always a, it's always a good time. And the, uh, and the, like, I actually finished the, uh, the Super Metroid Link to the Past. That's uh, what I was going to ask you. How'd it go? I finished it in under seven hours. Granted, it was like, (laughs) it was like 6.58, but still under seven. (laughs) Was that, wait, how long did you say you streamed for? 11 to? About 11 to six. So that was, that was perfect then. It it lined up just in time. (laughs) Sort of, except that 11 to 6 was technically eight hours because of daylight savings. Oh, daylight savings. Yeah, it was that weekend. So I actually, it's fine because we took a few minutes to start and then I finished like a good 20 minutes early. Yeah. So we were able to just sort of, we were sort of debrief a bit and and just kind of hang out. And then the next person, we did sort of a, before I would do extra life as a, as a just a single like I'm just going to sit here for 24 hours marathon, which is, you know, hard. And sure, yeah. last year, my my health and mental health were completely wrecked from like the whole moving thing. And, you know, not and, yeah, something else that happened. <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff that happened last year and, you know, work wasn't stable and I was just worried about everything. And I was having a hard time with even like three or four hour streams. Yeah. So Jesse was like, okay, I know you do this every year, but like you are in no shape to just like wreck your body on this. I I am not letting you do this by yourself. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're you're right. So I um so I went ahead and recruited a team last year, and the team did great. And I'm just going like we did it again this year, and I think this is a way, way better. This is a way better uh, method for doing a 24 hour marathon to just hand it off in in shifts 
where sure. like we can still do a 24 hour marathon, but nobody gets ruined. It's so funny because like I'm I'm weird and I know I'm weird, but I, I don't think I'd even have a problem doing a 24 hour game playing session now streaming maybe because i'm not a big i don't want to stream but that's just because i don't really want to stream in the first place but if it was sure. like hey dude do you want to spend the next 24 hours playing video games i'd be like yeah sure let's do it <laughs> yeah no that's honestly fine like doing that while like talking and, and entertaining and trying to like keep up with that side of things also that's where it gets too much is extra mental exhausting yeah of course and and just just like you get tired from talking a lot mm-hmm Having to sit up in your chair the whole time, not really being able to like change your posture at all, not being able to like, you know, you can't be like looking like a total slob just hanging out, just you yeah, know. <laughs> like laying <laughs> down on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know would be great, but like that's you know that's not how I'm set up. So yeah, you should you should totally get it set up that way where you could stream while lying down sometimes. Yeah. I, I like people do it like I used to stream on the couch like when I first started, but like the the sound was bad and the lighting was bad and you couldn't see anything. It's, oh, it's right. not so a, you have, I suppose you have standards now. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> now, for if we were actually going to do a 24 hour, we might make it a little more comfortable like that. So just True. for our own, just for our own, like, you know, survivability. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I I think the I think the the relay race of everyone being able to do or the relay f function of everyone just doing a reasonable amount of time. I mean, I think is, it just uh, makes it more fun too because then it becomes a community thing as yeah, opposed to just yeah, definitely. You doing it. So even even if you're like, hey, I can do twenty four hours, it's not a big deal. There's something there's something to be said about enjoying that whole you know you're you're giving to charity you're doing yeah, it as a group yeah. of people it's it's it becomes more than just yourself doing it so i th I think that that it's just kind of nice yeah yeah I, I i really like that aspect of it too like it's one thing like once you do it and you do the whole thing yourself it's like hey that's you know it feels really good you get that accomplishment feeling but yeah. ultimately like there's not a whole lot of reason for me to do 24 hours because ultimately most of the people who are going to donate to it just donate to it True. and they donate once. And it's not like I have a channel where a thousand people are watching and I can like continue to pull in <laughs> donations as we're going, you know, there's yeah. like maybe a dozen donations and they come in and like, then I'm just streaming for another 18 hours. Yeah. It's not the same thing. That's a good point. So that's, that's bringing really in more difference. people actually connects more different communities and we can bring in more donations from more different people this way. Well, and so it actually makes a it, lot more sense. And, and and it also could theoretically help you just as, you know, a streamer, like maybe somebody watched from one community and then comes over oh, to yeah, the like, later. Like, that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, we, we're like, we're definitely more connected to everyone's individual communities as a result. Yeah, so I think that's really neat. Um, shout outs to my friends TK and M who uh, who joined the joined the extra life stream uh, this year, like. They actually kind of sandwiched me like T was on right before me and K was on right after mm -hmm. who like despite being out late the night before woke up to do the last two hours of the stream at 6 a.m. There we go. Dedication. And and um, was clearly very tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, but thank you for doing this. <laughs> and um, 
So they were really cool. I think they they set their goal at like 300 and I think they hit it. That's great. And they they'd never done it before. They didn't even know it was a thing. I just asked them on a whim like a month a uh, month before. It was like, "Hey, I'm going to do this thing and I'm looking for people to take on uh shifts, so to speak. Would you be interested in doing this?" And they're like, "I don't really know how, but sure, we'll do it." <laughs> and they figured it out and it it worked out really well. And it was really really cool. Yeah, that is cool. So well, and, and thanks people... to them for joining. Thanks to uh, thanks to Rayum and uh, an Asian anime dude for joining. And Jesse actually did her first. Uh, well, technically didn't do her first, but streamed her first completed uh, link to the past randomizer. Neat to start things off. That's a good way to start. Yeah, did she did, was uh... Uh, she was asking about uh, joining for the for the podcast because she wanted to talk about it. Oh, yeah, she can. She pull her up. I think she's gone now. <laughs> she's she's got errands to run. She was in Vegas all week. Oh, I'm partying it up. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, no, but also kind of. Because <laughs> she was there like it's she got a taste of a different life, man. Why? Well, she was there for a uh, she was there for a sort of a trade show convention type of thing called IMEX which is basically just all like hospitality and resort hotel travel companies basically just shilling their services to people like to people like her who are planning. Yeah, they organize stuff. Like yeah, this. planning and organizing uh, major conventions. So it's basically like trying to connect people who are looking for event sites with the people who actually organize the events. It's like, hey, come get a taste of this. Maybe you're going to want it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe your people will like it. So the thing is, um, there's a lot of people there who are, you know, representing millions of dollars in income. Yeah. And apparently the event uh, felt like it. <laughs> so, like, the thing is, like, she didn't she didn't pay to do anything there they comped everything for her to go that's cool that's the fun the flight a big like a big sweet room at caesar's palace <laughs> oh man you should have gone <laughs> i was like i was thinking about it but i'm still scared to go anywhere because of covid oh yeah but like she had to go so i probably should have gone they wouldn't have comped me so i'd have had to at least pay for the flight but well, yeah, but you could, I mean, the room, they would, they would never know. So you would have had to pay for the flight, but then everything else, maybe. <laughs> but like, they took her to Cirque du Soleil and like, Ooh, that's fun. they took her out to, um, they took her out to, uh, Hell's Kitchen, the Gordon yeah. Ramsay restaurant out there. Yeah. Which is all like, all of these things are like obscenely expensive. Yes. Yeah. For um, sure. you know, so basically just like all of her meals were paid for and they were all catered by these, you know, ex expensive Vegas companies and, you know, everything just like money flying around everywhere. And yeah. on one hand, she was like, I feel bad even like taking part in these things. <laughs> but I, I get why it's like that, because the whole thing is like they, you are out there connecting with companies who are trying to sell you an experience. Of course. Yeah. You know, they are trying to give you they're trying to show you a good time. Because their objective is to have you associate their company with like, hey, they know how to put on a good time. And my job is to put on a good time for my members or employees or whoever it is that I'm working for members in her case. Yeah. So like, you know, it makes sense that they're you get wined and dined 
because they're trying to butter you up and show you that they know how to take care of people. But it's a, it was a, she kept like sending pictures and telling me about stuff that was happening. I was like, that's really, that is, that is, you are living the high life right now. We are not one percenters, but you are, you are getting a taste of it for a bit for a, for a week. Yeah. That's really cool though. There was a lot of it that was like, there was a lot of it where she was like, this is really, really good. And then there were some things where it's like, I don't get this. Like, oh, like I don't what, understand do why people like this. I, I, what, what, do, you, do you remember what one of those was? I'm just curious. Uh, one of them was Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> where like the, the cheapest tickets you can get are like over $100. And she oh, went yeah, she sure. was like, that was just weird. It is pretty weird. I've, I've been once before. Have you? Mm-hmm. Uh, she I... also said that the, uh, the, she got the salmon at uh at the gourd at hell's kitchen yeah um and she was like the fish was really good but they served it over like white beans and i didn't understand that because those weren't very good but apparently <laughs> the sticky toffee pudding is excellent mm, yum Sounds that's good. i guess that's like a signature dish i have no idea i don't know anything about uh Gordon I, the only thing i know about him is that he yells at people on tv yeah, he's a person I wouldn't want to be around. That's about all. I yeah, know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, apparently he's a good cook, and that's like that's like one of his big things. So when apparently I it's was, quite good. I went, I went um, once a while back, and my friend's dad was he was going as part of a business thing, and so a lot of stuff was like he could bring some people with him, and it would be kind of included in terms of costs and things. So it mm-hmm. was. It was cheaper for me to go with them it was kind of fun but we went to a the bellagio um uh buffet and it was like a 50 dollar buffet i think and it's the most i mean that's like a crazy amount of money to spend for a buffet but my god yeah they had some really in just like food that i had i would never would have tried in any other setting but it was there and i was like well i Mm -hmm. guess i'm i might as well like like it was like it's, a it's the when in Rome moment, right? <laughs> yeah, it was like this. There's this octopus salad where there was like little baby octopi in it, which sounds really terrible now. But um, and OK, and, so I've literally had that in Korea and it's OK and it's excellent. Yeah, I was like, this is good. It feels weird because it's like chewy and you can like yep. feel the little tentacle thingies. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but I was like, this is this is pretty good. I don't yeah, know. I had like a baby octopus stir fry. And it oh, wasn't yes. like a an stir expen- fry would be good. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like an expensive thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe they call it Bokum. Okay. Um, but I had that at a, it was literally just like a restaurant in a mall. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was, I mean, that's, it, that's it, the it difference between like culture. Eight bucks. Yeah. This, well, they also, I mean, this, this place had like prime rib and a bunch of other yeah, yeah. fancy things that are not usually at buffets, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting how a one culture will, uh, like it's like sushi, right? Like how sushi is really expensive in America, but then mm-hmm. in Japan, it's it's like I don't know twenty five cents for a good piece of sushi. Sometimes, I like my understanding is that sushi is actually expensive there too. Oh, it just, just doesn't feel like it because it it's just, so expensive. Like it's not as expensive as it is here, mm, but okay. it's but like it is still considered like the fancy expensive special meal, oh, and really? I think it's mostly because of how much of it you have to buy. Like oh, okay. one yeah, piece sure. of like one piece of sushi will only cost you like a couple like a dollar or two, but like if you want to feed four people, you need like eighty pieces of sushi. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah, Trev, I, even when I've had as a meal, I'm usually not super hungry because I when I was in Japan, we snacked a lot. So yeah. I was never starving. My first time in Japan, it was in the summer. And okay. it was so hot that I just, you get the thing where like, it's so hot out that you just don't want to eat anything because your stomach just turns <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had it once or twice. Yes. But not, now, thankfully, when I went, it was like springtime, like early summer. So it was not, it was not at that point yet where it was, you know, you're, you're passing out from heat. Stroke. It was like 105 every day. <laughs> yeah, no, I would, I'd be, I just want to eat like the. The the I'd go and get the ice cream. And that's all I would want to eat. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally <laughs> like ice cream and vending machine drinks, and that was like it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so sad though, because curry. Yeah, I mean, we eventually did get a couple of real meals. Sure. But like, yeah, we spent most of the day just walking around. It's like we want to see stuff. We want to <laughs> go to places. It's so hot. It is so hot. I like. I feel like if I eat any hot food, I'm going to just throw up. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. So I need to just not do that. Like, just give me drinks. <laughs> but I like, think... we eventually pushed past it and got and had some really, really nice meals while we were I'm, there. It's kind of funny because like when we go to amusement parks and stuff, I don't I don't actually eat that much food just because I'm like, I don't know why I don't get that hungry when I'm there. But when I'm with, <laughs> I would say like normal people who have a mm -hmm. normal that don't think that way they're yeah. like dude what are you doing we need to eat something we need to eat something besides dip and dots and a and a pretzel <laughs> so for the day because i i have learned over time and it, it always kind of surprises me because like i will go an entire day without thinking about food if sure. i'm if i'm like preoccupied and i'm just yeah. out doing something like you know that it's not like an urgent thing. I don't know if it's because I grew up poor. So like the, the food urgency is not like super high. Cause I'm just kind of used to being hungry, <laughs> <laughs> which is sad to say, but you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe, um, I, I don't, I don't know if it's just a me thing or if it's an upbringing thing. I don't know if it's nature or nurture. I don't know what it is, but I'm always kind of surprised because every once in a while I'll be out with someone and they're like, we need to eat now. <laughs> and i'm like well i mean you know we're gonna be you know we're going out to eat in like an hour it's like no now <laughs> yeah, food right, right. has to happen now <laughs> and i'm like oh okay i mean yep we, sure we can get make something. it happen <laughs> and it's not like they're never that forceful but it's of course, like of course it's definitely like this feeling of like okay it's time for food so food has to happen no waiting for food food now and it's it like i've come to understand over time that just people are just like that people have different relationships with like the amount of time they're willing to wait for food and their tolerance for being hungry yes yeah, so sometimes i mean i've i've been i've definitely gotten that hangry feeling before where it's like i need i need to eat something i'm 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 turned into a i'm being a, a different person because i'm hang because i'm i'm hungry mm. um but Usually, if I'm with people, I kind of just keep it to myself. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, kind of weird. It depends on how close I am to the person, which is not really fair sometimes to the people around you. Because, sure. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? No, but I get it. Like, if, you know, if there's someone that you feel like you, if it's someone you feel safe around and you can be like, hey, I'm pretty hungry. Can we get something? Yeah. Yeah. Then, like, you know, and that will be well received because you're with someone who's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, let's eat. Um, <laughs> 
versus like someone you're not really used to where it's like you don't want to feel like you're being imposing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Um, what? So, okay. I don't know. So yeah, I don't know. Really a lot about, we've talked a lot about video games so far uh, today. And <laughs> I mean, we spent the first half hour talking about like Yakuza and RGB True, fair, games. Fair, so. fair, fair, fair. I, I, uh, I have been playing a lot of Castlevania this last yes. week, which we'll so talk about at a later date. Uh, yes. But I've been, I've been having a so good time decided. playing, playing through some, some Metroidvanias and so one. which of the which of the Castlevania games that you've played have actually been Metroidvanias? Because you mentioned Circle of the Moon, but I didn't think that one was. Oh, Circle of the Moon is. OK, it is. Circle of the Moon's. It's like the it's the first. Well, it's the second one, right? Because there's Symphony of the Night, which was first. Then Circle yeah. of the Moon came out next. And Circle of the Moon's. The music's really good. The The system that they have in place to get power ups and to use magic. It's kind of meh just because it's sort of annoying to farm for the 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 like you need you need special cards to make things happen but overall the game is pretty good and then i played harmony of dissonance which is also a metroidvania which is more it's actually closer in some ways to uh symphony of the night but the the i actually and i had a lot of fun playing it the music's just really bad it really is not that good uh it just mm. it i don't know why the music doesn't feel right but it feels really boopy and beepy and it's one of those things where I like, think that Game Boy Advance is probably a good uh, is probably a, a reasonable culprit of that. Well, yeah, but Circle of the Moon's music's good. Yeah, I mean, it's not I yeah. like it. Uh-huh. And and uh, and Aria of Sorrow has good music. That's true, too. So I, I don't know what it was, what what happened with Harmony of Dissonance. I didn't mm. look into it. I mean, maybe if we ever, you know, talk about it on a podcast, we can dig in to see if there's something that stands out to us. Yeah, um, we, you don't, we don't want to dig in too much because we'll we'll end up. Uh, oh, God, what, what do <laughs> we'll we do this Metro- with? We'll Mario have, we'll Sunshine. A, yeah, and Metroid in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Metroid, we definitely like we definitely foreshadowed half of what we thought about it because we were like midway through it. Yeah. But no, it's it's I I these are I really really love Metroidvania style games a lot. So I really do too. I think it's a very especially ones that actually like give you a decent idea of what you're supposed to be doing. Because I don't like sure. being lost, but I do like exploring. No. Yes, and I, when I love that sense of progression that comes with a Metroidvania, which is really unique to the their that style of game. Because like in an RPG, you get a sense of progression to a degree, but it's not it's not the same it's not the same feeling as when you're playing one of these games and you're walking through a place and you kill an enemy and then you come back to that place an hour later because you're exploring and that enemy that took 10 hits is now dead in two and you're like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I really yeah, am yeah. way stronger. Uh, it feels, it just feels good. So this is a weird aside, but it's related to, I like, uh, I like exploring, but not being lost. Yeah. Um, the Mario Odyssey is actually a game that I think about. It's not a Metroidvania, obviously. But it does. It is the game that I always think of when I think about like rewarding exploration, because this is these are this is a game where you have these huge open levels and there is so much stuff to do that, like, you can literally just drop in there and be like, hey, that looks weird. Let's go see what that is. Oh, it's a it's a star. It's a yeah, yeah, exactly. Or a moon, rather. It's their moons or their moons. Yeah, that's true. Um, But yeah, like that. That game was just that feeling constantly because I really like being sidetracked and being like, okay, so my my 
my primary objective is here, but I'm going to see what's over there because I can and I want to see what's over there. And oh, it turns out there is something everywhere. The answer is never nothing. Yeah, even if it's even if it's not that big of a deal, like even yeah. if it doesn't even if it's not a moon, it's it's something worth checking out. Yeah, but in like a lot of times it is a moon. In, in a lot, a lot, a lot of times, game, it is like actual progress. It's, it's actually, actually rewarding. <laughs> yeah, because there's 600 moons. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They put them everywhere, and it's specifically for that feeling of like, hey, you checked this spot over here, and there's just a moon sitting there because you were curious about what was around that corner. Yeah, and you were right. Yeah, I, I don't think I can stress enough how how much I like Mario Odyssey. Like it's 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 the best 3D Mario game. So, like, a Metroidvania that has that sense of, like, hey, check around for everything. There is stuff everywhere. And it's basically impossible to get lost because even if you're not on the critical path, there is something on the non-critical path that you want, that you will just find from just walking around. And so that's kind of where Circle of the Moon falters a bit, is that it, it there's, like, not stuff just sitting around. Mm. Almost everything's, like, a drop or whatever. So it, that's that's why I, like... Mario of Sorrow has been a lot of fun because there's hidden, there's just stuff lying around the map, and that's really neat. Yeah, uh, and Harmony of Dissonance has some of both. But yeah, I don't okay. want to talk about it too much. I've just been yeah. having fun. We will uh, get into it. We're uh, I'm I'm definitely going to play one of the games that you played. Well, potentially you can also more, play... but like like I'm going to take them one at a time. Yeah, I, I don't play, play games at the rate that you do. <laughs> I mean, you're like, I've played five Castlevania games this week. And I'm like, all right, that'll take about six months for me. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because I played Draculax or Vampire's Kiss or whatever. And uh, um, what you call it? Uh, Rondo Rondo of Blood. Blood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's just what happens sometimes. Like, I'll get into the mood to play that that game. And then I'm like, I never I don't want to play this again ever in my life. And then, of course, you know, I, you I do will later. But I, I don't know why the time's ticking on out. you picking Mario 64 back up. I don't want to talk about it, but I've already I already played it again on because uh, I had the sixty four controller. <laughs> oh yeah, I and I, I distinctly a... remember you saying, "I said I'm done." <laughs> after oh, I know. we played the the three D All Stars version of it, you were like, "I don't think I would play this again." I I had a I I was laughing to myself as I was playing. I was like, "Yeah, I want to play this again." And as I was playing it, I was like, "Nah, I should I should post something to Dean saying I know I said I was never going to play this again, but uh, you know." I knew you would. Oh shit! <laughs> I knew you. Here we go again. <laughs> it's. I mean, I can't help it. It's Mario sixty four. What do you want from me? <laughs> it's it like it is always something you can come back to. It's a it's a warm embrace that never gets cold. And it felt super cool to play with the sixty four controller. I bet completely it completely unnecessary, but it was really fun. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Speaking of uh, speaking of ah shit, here we go again. Uh, you want to talk about my umpteenth trip through uh, Link to the Past randomizer? Oh yeah, let's do that. But my first time through Super Metroid Cross Link to the Past randomizer. Yeah, it's it's like the, it's the really cool fan fiction that uh, should actually happen. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about it, but I actually kind of made it that. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll 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 get to it after this word from our sponsors. So we have more bait mail this week. Oh, yes. Um, and we're going to we're going to keep doing these hopefully every week until we run out. But hopefully we won't run out because you can send us an email with a comment or a question to be answered on stream 
on podcast. Sorry, <laughs> wrong format. Wrong kind of stream. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's it's, it's a recorded audio stream that is then published later rather than a, you know, the rather than a live video stream. <clears throat> anyway, uh, you can send us an email to uh, be answered on podcast at the retro breakdown at gmail.com. What is that? That's the retro breakdown. Sorry, the retro breakdown, not the not. Don't put two E's and it won't get to us. The retro <laughs> breakdown at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you. So what? What? what uh, who, who is writing to us today? Um, well, it's more bait mail, so it swoggles again. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Um, swoggles actually sent like a bunch in a in a like, I guess they just had like a bunch of ideas in a row okay. and just sent them all like in a in a big chunk. And then was like, don't do both of these in one episode if you do do them. But I thought of another thing. (laughs) So this one is like right after the one we did last week. And I was like, this is cool. Thank you for sending questions. I really appreciate that. We will probably space these out and do them like, you know, one per episode for the time being. Yeah. So so we have a bit of a backlog. Uh, This week's question you're going to put the you're going to have to put the thinking cap back on because these are like Swaggles is sending us a bunch of like thought experiment questions. Mm, all right. Um, and this one is really interesting, especially for what our podcast is ostensibly about, except for when we play games like Metroid Dread. Um, so the question is, if you met someone who is young, like teenage, um, and they had only played games made like during their lifetime or in the past five to ten years. <laughs> but you wanted to give them an impression of what like classic gaming was like and what was like give them give them an impression of the best of, of classic gaming, of stuff that's like outside their purview, but they haven't seen a game like that because they've only seen modern stuff. Sure. What would you pick as your top three? This is very this is very specific. Top three timeless classics that are not improved upon by current generation games. That are not improved upon. Now I think that we can I think that you know we can have some leeway in that because like I, I think it's a I think it's near impossible to pick something that hasn't that doesn't have at least an aspect of it that's been improved upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like for example, I think that like a lot of people would hold Super Metroid up as a timeless classic, but Dread improves upon so much of it in terms of like control and movement. Yeah, but I don't think it does as good a job of establishing atmosphere. Right. And like, and actually, like the feel of the game is different. Yeah, I'm not saying of... that's one of my three. That's that's I'm saying that's an that's an example of like a game that has something about it that's timeless that hasn't really been improved upon, but that you know may still that may still count because like some aspects of it have been improved upon and some haven't. I think that improved upon is is really um, that's that's a hard like metric to decide. Yes, but it could be like I think maybe it's it's worth saying what is something that an old game does that it like maybe it did extremely well or that it's yeah. unique yeah, to yeah. that uh that place in time or something i'm not sure yeah because thinking about not being improved upon even even a game like you, you know you could say mario 3 but really the side-scrolling platformer has i'm sure there's probably a side-scrolling platformer that's 
plays better than Mario 3. It's just that Mario 3 sort of has the Mario, you know. It's yeah, Mario. there's a lot of games. There's a lot of classic games that are that are historically appreciated and recognized, not because they are still the best, but because they were the first good one. Right. Or they were the best at the time and they really like moved things up a notch. And like Mario three is definitely that for three for 2d platforming. Like, right, right. That, that was the gold standard of platforming for a long time. Mm -hmm. And to some extent still is, but I complete, I completely agree with you in that. Like it isn't as though, it's never been done any better. It right, absolutely I mean, has. There, there's been plenty of games that you've probably played that are that are a, like like a Shovel Knight or something, right? A Shovel maybe, Knight is actually the first thing I thought of. Yeah. So like that does it? Would would you say Shovel Knight's better than Mario Three? I don't know. Like, it's really a, hard to say that, but I think like because it's like oh yeah, the the new thing is better than the old thing. We kind of got into this somewhat when we were talking about the that weird IGN best game bracket where it's like yes. burnout three is better than Chrono Trigger. And it's like, <laughs> all right, apples and oranges, but also like, I mean, sure. In some ways, like it's almost impossible for a new game that is competently made to not be improved upon an old game. That's competently made because you, you can't like we learn things like technology gets better. Knowledge gets better. There's more standards. Like, I think that's one of the things that Mario three really gets gets a lot of credit for is that, like, in in the NES era, there is so much um, there is so much Wild West game design still happening. There's so <laughs> there's so much like there's people don't have a set list of ideas where it's like, OK, this you do these things to make this kind of game. Like right. it's so experimental and people are still trying stuff out and it would be another probably good 10 years or so before you start to standardize some like best practices. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and it's just, it just, it feels good to play still today, which is kind of a pretty impressive thing to have. And I guess when we say retro, so if it's only in their lifetime, that includes like GameCube and PS2. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah. So that's kind so of like, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to like poison the well, but um, Swaggles themselves list Portal as a right, uh, yeah. as a one of those games because because they're saying like they've only played games made in the past five to ten years, so go back further than that. But ten years ago is not that Skyrim is now ten years I mean, old. I was I was ex I was just about to say like I mean that 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 opens the door a lot i suppose because yeah. i was trying to think of stuff you know super nintendo and before and, right. and actually the first game that came to mind if we're talking about rpgs is shockingly chrono trigger i know yeah um, i know well and i think that's probably one where it's like you want to know what a really good classic jrpg feels like this is the one you go with yeah like so that, that's, that's where one I that i think them. you could actually make the argument that most of that has not been improved upon if anything it's just done more of the same <laughs> i mean right? like not even enough though like they tried to make <laughs> they made true. i am setsuna and i played that game and that, that game, game is boring didn't... oh god thank you yeah i thought so too i was so hyped because it was like oh this is like a spiritual successor yeah it's chrono clearly meant to be like and... it's clearly meant to be like chrono trigger inspired yeah and then i played i was like i i played it for like three hours i this was back when i was doing youtube videos i even made some mm. youtube videos for it and i was i just stopped playing i'm bored i'm done yeah it's just like 
it was really sad because I wanted to like it a lot, but it just, there's just nothing there. So like, I think that Chrono Trigger is probably like one a with a bullet on like, (laughs) on like classic (laughs) games that have not been improved upon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I would say that is that is 100 percent as far as JRPG goes, because there's what's I mean, it depends on what you determine or you decide as improving on them. Right. Like, right. What, right. what is an improvement in JRPG is Final Fantasy six an improvement because it has more characters or because mm. it has more combinations of things you can, you know, theoretically do with yeah. your characters or like the freedom of choice. Is that an improvement? I right, right, right. So it, it really I think you can make the on... argument that, uh, I think you make the argument that the, uh, the story in Chrono Trigger is just kind of boilerplate. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it actually really is. Pre- it's, it's very, I mean, the first time you play through it, well, then again, I was playing through it when it was new. So it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to true. determine. It's hard for me to look at it objectively and say, Oh, this would be something that you would enjoy as a story. It's pretty unique, but maybe you've, Maybe this is stupid. Yeah, I like, don't maybe... <laughs> think it's unique now. I don't think there's anything about Chrono Trigger's story that is unique today. Yeah. Yeah, especially... I mean, Time travel like... done to death. Teenager saving the world. Like, the most cliche. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's... it's uh, The artwork... I'd say the art is uh, yeah Chrono Trigger. I mean that's that has to be on on one of these three games. If I'm if I'm mm-hmm. sure if someone's like hey I'd like to know what a JRPG is like from, yeah. from back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. If we're picking three, I think mm-hmm. that like three from like that are sort of the representatives from different genres mm-hmm. are are probably like the best way to do it. Because you could yeah you could just go all in and be like all right you take uh, you take Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI and like what Secret Zelda. Of it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah for the but, record i would not pick secret of mana secret of mana has been massively yeah, please, improved upon please. i i'm not even i'm not even acknowledging that <laughs> the original it secret is like of the is actual really opposite of this it's but, yeah. it's a cool game and everything about that game has been done way better since <laughs> yeah. like significantly sure. so to the point where it is actually hard to go back to play it is actually really hard to go back and play secret of mana now <laughs> just even even for fun like it is yeah it's it's really hard for so the how i would do this is i would just be like here are the games that i like like let's sure, see if yeah. you would like them because i'm guessing i have some sort of connection with this random 15 year old person it's not a stranger so it'd be presumably so it'd be like well some sign of connection even if it's online connection i don't mean to have to be present with them yeah, but just say it's like a you know it's like a you know a, a like a niece or nephew or something. Right, right, that's what I mean. So you you have some sort of connection beyond just hey stranger. Here yeah. are three games that I like a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So you could you could. I feel like there's a lot of nuance to this uh, suggestions because let's let's assume let's assume for argument's sake that you were asked. Yeah. Like this this young person came up to you and asked you for your recommendations because they are interested. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. Rather than I'm, like, we're not just regaling them on like back in my day. No, 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 no. I, I was, I'm thinking I'm getting hung up on the haven't, haven't been improved upon because it's, I, fi- I find, I can't think of, so I think we like to pretend that games in the past were perfect sometimes when we think yeah. about games from our childhood, but objectively, like all of those games have been improved upon. Like yep. even even Chrono Trigger has been technically improved upon. I'm yes. sure there's some RPG out there. I, maybe I can't think of it right now, but there has to be an experience that I've had. That's like, wow, this is this is this is the JRPG experience I've always wanted. So let's let's back that up and say like, 
and this is something we always talk about because we do retro games. So mm-hmm. like rather than something that hasn't been improved upon, quote unquote, something that just holds up, yeah, something yeah. that's still fun today and still works today. Like even if it even if aspects of it have been improved upon, even if asp- honestly, I'd ha- I'd, in some cases, it. aspects of it may be done better by by games of its own generation. Sure, sure. But like, you know, this is a representative of like, all right, this is this is what I want you to play to see what games of this era were like when they were good. I would I would have to throw out there. I, we talked about it last week, but I would I would throw out their perfect dark. And in okay, some ways yeah. that yeah, hasn't yeah. been improved upon. So it kind of fits actually. Sure, yeah. Swaggles wanted perfect dark. I would throw out there just because I think it's 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 weird to say this, but having a co-op <laughs> first like for like couch co-op experience um or couch competitive experience basically split screen is kind of a unique thing to have in this day and age yeah where, yeah yeah like we've we've gone up we you know we've we've split away from that because of the internet and everything yeah which yeah. in the long run is probably better given the state of the world at the moment true so it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing but i feel like that would be that's a really special game for a whole ton of reasons which we kind of touched on last week so i would i would i'd throw chrono trigger out there i think perfect dark's a really a really cool one if it wasn't perfect dark I would like to say something. I don't even really like the game that much, but playing Halo with 16 people, if that was an option, mm. was something that was really neat. So basically some kind of video game that you could do a LAN party with. The specifics of what that is, I actually don't know if are as important as the feeling of what a LAN party was. Yeah, So yeah. It, you, it could be like Counter-Strike. It could be, you know, I don't know. I actually... It would be, a, if nothing else, it would be a fun history lesson. Right. So of I, like, I th- if you wanted to play multiplayer with your friends, this is what you used to have to do. Yeah, so I'm, and I'm not saying that that hasn't been improved upon, but there is something to be said about having, you know, four to 16 people in, like I was at my, I remember being in my friend's basement, we had four Xboxes, mm-hmm. and we had like four TVs that we brought over, and they were all separated. You know, we reached our own like kind of nook of the basement. Yeah, it's it's its own, it's its own like, uh, it's its own feeling. Right, so that's sort of a, that's a... It doesn't really answer the question very well, but I feel like that kind of captures that essence of what it meant to play multiplayer games. Yeah. Back now, then, either Perfect Dark or some kind of land setup, whatever, something like that. Yeah, in the sense that, like, I don't think it's so much that it's something that hasn't been improved upon, but it definitely is something that doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, it's, yeah it doesn't exist at all, because why would you bother yeah. getting 16 so people in the same house? So, like, what you what we're talking about is, like, it's not the multiplayer that hasn't been improved. It is the social aspect yes, yeah. of the LAN party. Yeah, that, yeah just that getting all together unique. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's... I remember... Oh, dude, we played... Actually, this is the other game I was thinking about as Double Dash, but I actually oh yeah, Double Dash is great. A Double Dash with two Game Cubes connected together. It started to lag once you got over six people because the Game Cube was not designed for that. Yeah, but, uh, no. <laughs> it was so cool. That's that's game. That's another. That's one of those racing games, like arcade racing games, that has. I I would say mechanically it's been improved upon because the new Mario Karts are excellent. But yeah, they are. The whole two people in a cart was was a yeah. Whole, that is I, super I new. I loved that mechanic, and I loved being able to hold two items and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and like the whole like usually you don't actually mess with this because you like anytime I actually played, I would play double dash, my, double dash with my brother. Yeah. And um, and usually like it was me driving and him using the. Uh, oh, right. I forgot you could do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you actually play two to a cart, and you can actually <laughs> hit the button to like swap roles. At yeah, any I totally, point. I totally forgot about that. No, that's that's but like no awesome. one ever does that because then you have to hot swap the driving. But like, it's kind of midway cool. through the race. But like it'd be cool if you set rules where you have to like swap per lap or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like get ready to swap, swap, and then you swap. Yeah. That that'd be sick. Okay, no, that's that's a really cool one. Yeah, I like that. Um, I would say just in terms of like overall quality and this kind of goes against the, this kind of goes against the <laughs> spirit of it, but like we were just talking about Castlevania and I think symphony mm-hmm. of the night, despite being objectively improved upon by later editions, mm-hmm. um, still really holds up for what it does. Like that game is still incredible. Yes. If, if I would say as far as, I mean, it is the Met- the Metroidvania. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it, I would, it added I would, the Vania to the Metroid. That's what I mean. And I guess I, I not, I guess I would uh, absolutely put that as a, you have to play this if you're curious about the origin of these games, but it, it flies in the face completely of the hasn't been improved upon aspect. Yeah. Cause I think because even, I think Ari of Sorrow improves upon it and Dawn and like both Dawn of, of the Sorrow is really games, good. Yeah. Both yeah. of the Sorrow games are good. You could argue that Bloodstained is better than all of them so the only bloodstain fails only in terms of the i would say the art like the the, art's a little weak the 3d models are they feel a little wonky yeah you can you can definitely tell that uh, art play the studio that the studio that worked on it was previously like exclusively a mobile designer (laughs) yeah and it's like you can kind (laughs) of see that Yes, you can. That game would not run on phones, but some of the some of the 3D art, some of the some of the modeling assets. Yeah, yeah, some of the assets look like they would be at home on a on a mobile. Man, what if like Arc Systems put through together some art for a for an Egovania? Don't you hurt me like that. (laughs) That would be that would be out of this world. That is not fair. I mean, they could do anything. They could make a Sudoku game and I'd probably want to buy it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, it, there's like a whole bunch of River City Girls stuff coming out supposedly soon. I heard that. Yeah. Uh, River City Girls 2 is coming out next year, but they're apparently doing like a. Uh, oh, shit. Speaking of that, Streets of Rage or like Turtles in Time, one of those kinds of games would be a game I'd recommend to someone that's never uh, as older games that have have withstood the test of time. Uh, yeah. Again, I, like I think that. Uh, like, I think Streets of Rage 4 does make, like, <laughs> 2 and 3 obsolete. Yeah. But, like... I, yeah, I know still, it's my But they're still fun. Right. It hasn't been improved upon, I guess. I, I, I could still say Turtles in Time hasn't been improved upon, only because if we're talking specifically about the Turtles IP. <laughs> That's fair. Although, <laughs> although that new uh, Shredder's Revenge it. one That's right, made the by one the... Coming out. Yeah, made by the people who made Streets of Rage Four, yeah, but it's not yeah. out yet, so it still counts. It still counts, okay? Man, that game, that game. I don't know why they changed the the theme song to be different. Like it's the same words, but it's like a different pacing. It's very. It it hit a weird nerve when I was listening to it because it just felt wrong, like listening to something out of tune. Um, mm, yeah. But I didn't care because my God, did I was I excited when I saw that trailer? Like a what was it a year ago now? Oh man, it's been a while. Wait. Yeah. I cannot wait for that. Well, I can wait because I have to, but I don't want to. <laughs> you will wait, but you'd yeah. rather not. <laughs> That's one of those phrases that everybody says, but they don't mean it. Yeah. 
it doesn't mean what it what it says it means. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's just I'm very excited for this thing that's coming out, but it's easier to say it in extremes and absolutes. Like I can't possibly wait for this yeah. thing. There there will be no waiting. <laughs> anyway, sorry, you were talking about river river uh Oh, I was just saying, like, there's a bunch of stuff coming out from Arxis. I'm really glad that Arc System Works has decided that they just own all the Technos Japan stuff because ownership <laughs> of those ownership of that stuff was super confusing for a long time. Yeah, we talked and, like, about it was that just when we coming did River out. City Ransom. Yeah, we were talking like it's been all over the place. Uh, we did Double Dragon too, actually. Oh, that's right, Double Dragon, which is yeah. also included. And so I'm just I'm really glad because the games have been coming out from all over the place with all sorts of varying qualities and no consistency and to I mean, have them wanna... just under the arxis umbrella which is a good developer that takes care of their stuff and cares a lot about like damn good art i was about to say if it's if they do one thing right it's always that art the art is always fantastic I, I um, almost bought the new Guilty Gear. I don't even like fighting games, but I was but like, but it so looks so good. Strive was, looks so amazing. I, I was so close to buying it because I was like, well, that looks really pretty, man. I I could it's play some fighting so games. So like, you know what I you know what I do to to scratch that itch what? is I'll just go to YouTube and I'll watch the compilation videos of like all of the supers. <laughs> And yeah, just like and just watch it too. like slack jawed. I, I just watched. That's almost exactly what I did. Except I, st I still had to go one step further and like watch some streamers play because I was like, God, do I do mm. I want to play this? And then I was I was watching people play. I was like, Oh yeah, no, no, I don't want to play this. I don't. I'm, you I don't see like that games. skill ceiling, and you're like, No way. It's like, Oh that's wait, I'm bad. Not happening. <laughs> yeah, I don't have my my friends who are also bad to play with anymore. Like on the same screen, where it feels like we're being competitive, but we're all just terrible. Cause that's fun, but being being bad online where you're playing against people that are really good is is not fun for me. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, like seeing how much work has to go into a fighting game to, in order to like enjoy it at a baseline level is really what chases me off of it. <laughs> What's okay? Is so so our list? So right now we sort of have Chrono Trigger, Double Dash, maybe perfect dark what what we what are, listed what are, like five games i feel like be like within that like it's not necessarily a top three but i'm comfortable with that okay i was just is there any what what so we kind of got racing got shooty mm -hmm. we got rpg is there what, what what what's like a what platformer would you recommend because we didn't really like the real like old standard platform and, and, and like... i think i don't think i think we should stay away from mario because it's like there has to be something other than Mario. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. What? What? But other at the platform? same time, nothing <laughs> yeah, else comes to mind. <laughs> like Mega Man's the only other thing I can think of, and I wouldn't oh, yeah, ask Mega anyone Man to... X maybe. Oh X, yeah, that's true. I was like, I wouldn't ask anyone to play old Mega Man games. No, X is still really good. Like X is good. That's true. And it does actually give you a pretty decent idea of what Mega Man is. And Mega Man X's music is freaking rad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, like. I, I don't know, like in terms of the actual Mega Man formula, I'm not sure they did ever improve on X. Two and yeah. three are good, and but then just they X. get weird. Well, then they get PlayStation Two eyes, I believe, right? Yeah. Or no, four was on. I think four was PS. I don't actually know. I don't remember. I know two and three were on Super Nintendo. And then two and three are definitely on Super Nintendo, and I'm pretty sure four is on PlayStation. And at a certain point, they switched to PlayStation Two, and, and then they, they just stopped really making janky. them. <laughs> yeah. There's that one, uh, there's that one enemy in like, I feel like it's, 
is it X seven or zero X? I don't know. There's so many of them. And I just like, it's why when we played legends, I was like, Oh, I didn't even know there was a game like this. I just <laughs> like, I have no idea where the mega man franchise went after, like after for a long time after three, like mega man yeah. two and mega man three is like, all right, I played those. i had My... no idea that X was like a completely different flavor. For the longest time, I thought it just was 10. And I was like, what happened to like, <laughs> what, happened? what happened to eight and nine? <laughs> That's actually pretty funny, but it makes sense. Cause why? I mean, they switched to Roman numerals, but who cares? <laughs> I, you know, it happens. And hey, weirder, weirder naming things have happened. It's true. It's true. It's, it's funny to think though. So if you went back 10 years and, and. That's also, I think it's fine that we're spending this much time on this because I just want to be clear. We don't think that we're adding anything new to the conversation of Zelda or Super Metroid. We're purely emphasizing how fun it is to uh, put them in a randomizer and mix it all up. It's pretty cool. <laughs> we will get to it. But we will get to that. So don't we'll be, get to don't it, but it's going to be a fairly short part of the conversation, I think. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, I I don't think we can say anything that hasn't been said a million times about these two games. Uh, and in fact, they'd be perfectly reasonable candidates to throw in there as games that haven't been improved upon, even though I would say I would argue that that's I have feelings. True. Yeah, I, I have feelings about I mean, I already mentioned what I what I feel about Super Metroid and that I don't feel like they've captured the same feeling of like isolation and atmosphere that Super Metroid does. Yeah, but everything else about the game has been improved upon for mm -hmm. Link to the yeah. Past. Um, I have long held that Link to the Past is sort of the origin of basically every modern Zelda game up to like aside from like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, the whole I, see, the whole core function of like collect three things, get Master Sword, do other dungeons where you collect other things, beat final boss yeah. is like ironclad in every mainline Zelda game. I, and I, but it's funny because I actually, I personally like Link's Awakening way more than A Link to the Past. Mm. It's definitely more interesting. I think I just, I loved the rock. I loved being able to jump. That felt so cool to yeah. me. That, that, I don't know. It's probably also because I played it more I, as a kid. So I think it has to do a lot with nostalgia in terms sure. of. Of course, it, I don't know. I, I can't say it's a better game. I just like Link's Awakening more. And that's it. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's perfectly reasonable. So like saying that, like, it's sort of the progenitor of all of these ideas does yeah. not make it the best. And it does not mean that it was it's not been improved upon. It's just like I think it's quite the opposite. I think it introduced a lot of ideas that were iterated on later. It's I mean, it is something to be said when we when we talk about some of these old games that you could play like you could play a link to the past right now. Right. And it would be a fine experience. Like it would yeah. be a good experience if you enjoy that style of game. Yeah. Like, Jesse just did. It, exactly. It's that is not true for a lot of video games. True. From, yeah. You know, 30 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I played I like I played Metroid one and had a semi miserable time with it. Yeah, it was it was pretty much only fun because you could you could uh a we were doing it for a purpose like if you were just doing it in your own time you probably would have you you know you would have left it to where it was always has been i i started playing metroid like at least half a dozen other times throughout my life and just dropped it before even finding Kraid. right exa exactly so it's it's a link to the past falls into that special category of 
you can play this now. It it is yeah. just, it will it's it will always fun. be a game that's fun to play. I think like Ocarina of Time, I'm I'm not sure when you get into the 64 era only because of the graphical limitations of those mm -hmm. consoles where someone could look it at those backslides games and be like, a little bit where like jank 3d feels worse than jank 2d yeah a lot worse actually yeah <laughs> and because you don't have to I... fight with the camera in jank 2d right and that's and that's, that's one of the most frustrating things is like i can't see where my character is to do anything i mean and that's even frustrating sometimes in even in Mario Odyssey, there's a few moments where you're like, ah, I can't get the right angle to see what yeah, I want to do. And yeah, you have yeah. complete control of everything, right? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> like, when, when I was replaying Mario 64, even though I said I would never play it again, uh, I, I was, it was sort of fun to get into those moments again where you're like, yeah, I can't see crap and I'm just going to jump and try it. But who cares? I can save state now. Sure. So yeah. that was, that made it really kind of fun because of my first time ever being able to save state in Mario 64, where I would just, make a quick save and be like yeah that didn't work out the way i thought it would <laughs> i can see that really, not that you really need it because it's mario 64 it's well not yeah like a, the later stages you know rainbow road or uh the rainbow uh, ride ride thank you not road um and tiktok clock and tiktok clock being able yep. to make a quick save state in those tell you what tell you what it's real nice <laughs> i bet it is i i can i still i'm visualizing <laughs> the image of Mario just sinking down into the abyss of that clock after climbing like 90% of the way up to the top. <laughs> and you just like, you're just kind of hoping that he's going to land on something. So you don't lose the whole progress. Oh, and then he yeah, just yeah. doesn't, or he or gets he close does. to it and he just yeah. bonks off of it. Yeah. Or he does that uh, thing where he like, it's caught like right on oh, the edge yeah. of the block. And you're like, thanks. Thanks. Yep. That's great, Mario. Yep. <laughs> and then the block moves and you fall the rest of the way down. <laughs> But that's that's kind of why I didn't think of Zelda as as one of those games that that is I I would say play it for sure if it if you know you're 15 and listening to this it's it's a it's a awesome experience but yeah there is some you have to get over the fact that it was a Nintendo 64 game which could take a little getting used to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but what I was gonna say before I was uh, remind or letting everyone know that we don't think we're that don't let we i don't want them to think that we're going to add something brilliant to the conversation of super metroid and link to the past i mostly but, just want to hey, go go ahead because i'm gonna i'm gonna probably transition us into actually talking about it and it sounds like you're going somewhere else yeah no f feel free into a second it's just it's weird to think 10 years ago like like when skyrim right that's that was yep. new L mm -hmm. literally yesterday it released uh, yep. 10 years ago so that means you would have Skyrim is special like that, though. Most games don't get, you know, 35 re-releases every year. Well, <laughs> that's true. You know, they're, I didn't realize they were charging for the new edition of Skyrim if you already owned the, like, the special edition or whatever. Why Why would they not charge? Well, I just wasn't aware that they were doing it. It's like, oh, cool. Maybe I'll play. I think you get fishing for free. But then I was like, well... I don't know. I, I, I was going to I was going to play it again because I, I enjoy that game, but I'm, I, I can't justify buying it again. I just I can't do it. But but what I was going to say is it's, it's weird to think that we would have like Metal Gear Solid four as an option for that's to play, true. Right. Like that could be a game like that. Hey, true. you should play. But you can't because I would say play four. I love four. The four has this awesome service. Like, well, you can't play four without playing one, two and three. You have to play you have to play the other Metal Gear Solids to really enjoy Metal Gear Solid 4. But Metal Gear Solid 4 is sort of this pinnacle of the, the climax of storytelling across 
15 years of video game well more if you really go back but yeah uh yeah. like it's it's a it's a it's a good question i i enjoy this question i think that i need i need some leeway as has been made yeah. readily apparent by yeah, my yeah, yeah. humming and hawing every step of the way i think you could i think <laughs> because of its status as a prequel yeah you could probably add metal gear solid 3 yeah, that could be there. But again, I think I think MGS three like it's made better by the context of the games that came before it. Sure. But I think it still stands alone as like you can just play this game and feel pretty connected to it. That's true. It's it's like it's like Yakuza zero. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think and, and honestly, like in a lot of ways, I think you could probably put that squarely on the list of like, I'm not sure that's been done better. Of Metal Gear Solid Three, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that game's in terms of what it offers, mm-hmm. and and as one complete package, in like gameplay, story, yeah, yeah, graphics, music, even just impact on people that have played it. Very few games get to have a segment in a game as stupid as climbing a ladder become so iconic yep. that everyone loves it. Like, yeah, that's that is such a it, Hideo Kojima really is. He he has that kind of magic where he can where he can create a moment in a video game that just permeates through all of games pretty much forever as long as there's people to remi- to remember it yeah yeah three three would it would be i would oh yeah I, I feel like metal gear solid 3 has to be up there although i really love metal gear solid 2 only because i like zany stories and metal gear solid 2 is the zaniest of stories yeah but i think two works less well oh if no you no, haven't you played you, one absolutely do like not as, play a, two. as a standalone <laughs> i think do you not. can play i think you can play three as a standalone you could you could play three as a standalone you you would miss out on a lot of i uh, like a lot of the story it would it wouldn't hit quite as hard see because... i think what you could do though is i think you could play three and then play one and two and have it make sense no i'm, no, I'm not saying it's it, i'm thinking it's 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 similar to yakuza zero where yeah. you could play Yakuza Zero, but you would lose out on some of the connection to Majima as this kind of psychotic person. It's like, oh well, yeah. he wasn't always quite like that, right? Yeah. Um. So it's not that you couldn't do it. You just sort of miss a little bit of something, but maybe in some ways you gain something that I didn't get to have, right? So if if you play sure. Zero first, then you get this really cool aspect uh, between Kiryu and um, uh, oh Jesus, why? What's his name? Uh, the dude with the fish on his back. <laughs> oh, Nishikiyama. Nishikiyama. Thank you. Gosh, I, I had I had like Yama and something else. It's like I know, like that's not it. Um, but, I was uh, like, I was like Dojima, like. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so you would have a completely different relationship there mm-hmm. if you played Zero first. So you're right. Maybe you could just play three first. And even though I'm feeling like you would be missing out, in fact, you may be gaining a different perspective that I didn't, I don't have because of the order that I played them in. It's 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 I think yeah. three would have to be one of those that would be one of the ones I'd recommend for sure as as a game to play that kind of captures old older games. It's weird to think of Metal Gear Solid three as an older game. It doesn't it, feel like it is. It still it feels <laughs> like it still would fit in. You know, <laughs> like it's definitely an older game, though, seeing as how it was put on the 3DS like 10 years ago. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> So it was it was put on an underpowered handheld in 3D without too much problems. <laughs> See, it's weird, though, because I don't feel like and this is probably just me speaking from a perspective of, you know, being old and playing games since the 80s. Sure. <laughs> but um, like it 
I feel like if you're talking about like, here, let me show you what retro gaming is like. Does that fit? <laughs> I, Metal Gear Solid 3 is technically an old game, but it doesn't play like an old retro game. It plays oh, like a game true. that would come out now. Yeah, that's a and good would point. just be shinier. Yeah, that's that's an interesting aspect of the question then, too. Right. Like, what do you mean by retro? If it's if it's technically in the last 10 or 15 years, then sure, that would count. But if it's if you're looking at it from a point of view of what is it? What was it like to play games prior to that type of design? What, right. What, you know right. What I mean? Then exactly. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't I don't have a good question for that or I don't have a good answer for that. It's just no, me neither. It's just an interesting thought. I do think that uh, if you're going by the criteria of like you haven't played games other than those released in the last 10 years. Um, so what do you recommend? Um, like, I think Metal Gear Solid 3 is definitely a solid choice. Yeah. So cool. I say I would say let's let's wrap this up and say, oh, no, Chrono, yeah, I'm good. Chrono Trigger, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 3 and... I, I think I think I want to say Perfect Dark just because I want okay. to talk about Perfect Dark a lot because I really love it. <laughs> that's that's my reasoning. I don't. It's not an intelligent reasoning. I just happen to really like Perfect Dark. That's fine. And and more people should play it. We're doing a we're doing a podcast about old games. Like nostalgia is a necessary part of what we do here. <laughs> yeah, because without it, why would you ever play most of these games? Yes. <laughs> literally yeah if we're being honest (laughs) oh god so please take take it away from here and uh bring us to the the exciting world of technology and computers (laughs) (laughs) all right so um yo people who do like rom hacking and stuff are really smart and cool and i don't know how any of that stuff works Someone but, got their whole career started by doing it. I think they made something like Undertale. They they did some ROM hacking. Yeah. I don't know. You, you might have heard of it. I mean, there's like, there's a, there's a dude who got started like doing mods for Civilization 4. And like, he just got hired. Yeah. By, he got hired by, uh, oh God, I guess it's EA. Well, they're a great company. Pyraxis and... <laughs> We were just talking about them ruining the world with NFTs last week. Check what, out that what a, episode. What a lovely company. I did. Speaking of NFTs, I did hear. Oh, what's the dude's name that does like the game awards? Oh, uh, yeah. Jeff Keeley. He said something like one aspect that we're never we don't have any interest in getting into is NFTs or something. Like Honestly, that. it's weird because we did the episode on NFTs last. It wasn't on NFTs. We just mentioned it in passing because we were yeah. really talking about like major game companies and how they just kind of like juggle around being the one in the spotlight for being bad (laughs) being the bad one for the month (laughs) and you were and we were like oh ea hasn't really been in the they haven't really made headlines for being awful lately what are they up to and you were like (laughs) oh god they're doing nfts yeah that's right (laughs) and then i later found out that so is square enix yeah they are i i know so it just became and then apparently that just became a big issue this week specifically. Really? Like if apparently like NFTs just like blew up a couple days after we discussed it. But before we released the podcast, so we can't like claim credit for it or anything. <laughs> but it's just like it's just a big like it just particularly companies doing NFTs like specifically became like a huge thing yeah i mean we don't we don't need cloud smoking a bong with a pirate hat on nope 
<laughs> nope, sure don't. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. I did. Uh, I I do want to. I do want to send you this thing. Okay. That. Uh, do you smoke bongs? I don't. Is it technically? Would would you? Don't you like? Is it smoking? I, I I'm pretty sure you do. Yes. I guess I don't technically know what smoking actually means as a word. It's. I don't know. It's it's broad. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is awesome. I hope that I hope that this person sells this mosaic for a lot of money. <laughs> I hope they don't <laughs> specifically. Uh, this is this is a visual only gag, but this is a uh, this is a tweet that I came across. Um, I think I think thanks to someone in Discord, um, in my Discord, which you can join. Link in the description. Um, <laughs> it says I downloaded all 10,000 of, uh, lazy lions, I guess, which is a, a type of NFT. I don't know. Okay. I, I downloaded 10,000 NFTs and turned them into a mosaic of a person right clicking. <laughs> this would be, this would actually be something though that would fall under that. All right. It's kind of funny. It's, it's like, if you see there, there was that dumb gag in South park where they kept doing the same joke and they're like, this is not funny. It's not funny. Then they did it enough times. They're like, okay, it's funny again. Yeah. And this is, this is almost that point where it'd be like, all right, this would be funny to sell this for a lot of money just because of what it is, mm -hmm. but not actually. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that would perpetuate the problem. Yes. It would. But at the same time, it would also like spotlight the problem. Right. Right. But anyway, um, that's a good, that's a good one. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. So, um, so yeah, so, 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 so like, yeah. Um, so, so that's, like, that's what I've said for the last like 30 seconds now. Two popular games, <laughs> two popular games. So it's funny cause we so did. The, yeah. <laughs> I just need to like, I'm going to take a drink of water. I'm going to slow my thought processes down. <laughs> All right. So it's been a long week. <clears throat> okay. Welcome to the retro, retro, retro break. Welcome to the retro break. You see, you can't Damn get the it. words out either. <laughs> you, you had the dunk already and you, and you like slammed it off the rim. Well, that is that is how it do for me whenever I try and uh, be sassy with somebody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it usually comes right back. I'm the person that would like, you know, have have a right to be annoyed in a situation. And I would want to like rub it in somebody's face and I would do it. But I'd end up just like spilling, you know, a drink all over myself in the process and just looking like a fool. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> we did every single mainline Metroid game. Yep. Uh, leading up to the release of Dread. And by that, I mean the ones literally labeled 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. There's like 15 other games, but they're not 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5, so it yeah. doesn't count, I guess. Yeah, we just didn't play any of the Prime games and then Federation Force, I guess, but that, that doesn't matter. Well, Hunters and... That's actually part of Prime, I think, in some weird way. And Yeah, it, it's sort of... Well, Pinball is just like a retelling of it doesn't matter yeah. nope, we, doesn't matter. we made the whole we made the whole comment of like there's no reason for us to do super metroid because there's nothing we have to say about super metroid and that's still true very true yes but for the uh for extra life i took my first attempt at the smz3 crossover randomizer which is where you play super metroid randomize and link to the past randomize and they're the same game. 
And what I mean by that is like there are entrances in both games that are hacked to be entrances into the other game. And the item pool for both the item pool for both games is spread and randomized across both games. So you have Link finding like missiles and super missiles and like, you know, the plasma (laughs) beam and everything. And it sends it over to your other game. It sends it over to the Super Metroid side of the game. So you can find things from one game or the other that then become active in the other game. So it's like it's not like you find the yeah, it's not like you find like the ice beam or the plasma beam or the, you know, the power bombs in and, and, and uh, in link to the past <laughs> and then you just can use those in link to the past yeah. they just become active when you go back to the metroid side of the game of course so it's a it's both games randomized into each other and the objective is basically to beat both games um which they do in a very interesting way that i was kind of surprised to find because at first i was like well obviously it's just going to be like beat one game or the other Right. Sure. Because yeah. because it's going to send you into credits. And then how do you get back to the other game? Turns out um, they do that by canceling the escape sequence in what? Super Metroid. How does that work? So, yeah, I said it again. <laughs> yeah, but that's this you is, this go is in, like a you build play, up. So you 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 play Super Metroid. You go through the whole thing. You beat all the you beat your your four bosses. You're a Craig, Ridley, um, Phantom, and and Dragon. Yes. Um, and you oh, go actually, to tu- I... you go oh, to Turium like you normally do. Sorry, yeah. what were you gonna say? No, no, no. You're good. You're, I'll I'll say it later. It's no big deal. Okay. So you go to Turian and you go, you know, do the whole mother brain thing. There's the baby, and there's mm-hmm. the hyper beam thing, and and all that <laughs> good stuff. And then you beat mother brain. There's the whole cool thing, and then. You start going through the escape sequence where you you have to, like, you know, run your way out of uh, out of Turian mm-hmm. because but there's no timer. And I was like, okay. oh, that's weird. The the uh, the randomizer must break the timer or something. Or maybe the game just crashes if you don't make it out because it doesn't know where to restart you because it's two games running at the same time. Right. Um, and then so I do the whole escape sequence and. And I get back to uh, Criteria, which is like your opening area. And I'm like, okay, we're going to save the animals, right? Yeah. Because, of course, you can save the animals. Yeah. So I go and save the animals. And what I find in save the in the save the animal zone is the weird Chozo boss <laughs> that for some reason didn't trigger earlier. Okay. So it's if you're if you're familiar with Super Metroid, it's it's the early boss that holds the morph ball bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And it sort of just looks like one of those Chozo statues that's just sitting there and then it comes it comes alive and attacks you. Well, I got I did that earlier in the game as an item check. And then it was it was an item and then it just never came alive. And I just I just left. And I was like, okay, that's weird. I guess that just doesn't happen for some reason. Huh. So I go back. That room is the one that you go back to later where the animals are hanging out. Um, Where you have to, like, blow out the wall so they can leave. Right. Yeah. Um, so I went back there, no animals, no but, animals. The, but then the boss came alive and I beat that in like two seconds. Cause I was super overpowered. Okay. And then I went back to the ship and I was like, well, that's weird. But then the music had reset 
and it wasn't doing the like escape music anymore. And then I got in the ship and it was like, would you like to save? And I was like, (laughs) you're like, okay, sure. (laughs) I guess. And that's when, that's when I realized that like, once you get back to criteria, it just resets the game state. Oh, so once you get out of Turian and back into the normal part of the game, it just puts you back into like exploration mode. Interesting. Which they have to do because if you haven't finished Link to the Past yet, there are probably progress items in Super Metroid that you may still need to find. So they can't take you out of that game when there might be stuff you still need to find for the other game. Oh, yeah, obviously, because you could have actual important things that you need to get still. Yeah, like, for example, if the hook shot or like right. the hammer or something is in is in Super Metroid somewhere and you haven't checked it. And Samus, like, blows up the planet and leaves. Link is on the other end going, no. It's like Link is now softlocked. <laughs> yeah. And it will never be able to complete his quest because <laughs> Samus doesn't care. <laughs> Which, honestly, canon for Samus, but. <laughs> canon for Samus, for sure. That's the re- true reason behind the depression in uh, Other M. She accidentally <laughs> killed Link. In the entirety of Hyrule, ruining one of the three timelines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the other ones are fine. The other ones are fine. So it all works out in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was that was a bizarre <laughs> thing. The whole experience is really strange. Um, and it, it you get used to finding items that are out of place really quickly. But then you start to realize how many more progress items there are than you think. Because when like, you're looking at progress items for both games, it's like I, I'm used to playing Link to the Past. So sure. I'm used to getting like you have to get a couple of progress items really early or else you just can't go anywhere. You got to okay. find the bow or the hammer, the gloves, the moon pearl, you know, some of that stuff, because there's only so many places you can check before you're just stuck. So you have to right. start finding things by process of elimination. But when you have things spread across both games, you can actually go a really, really, really long time without finding certain progress items for one of the games. As long That's as you're kind of weird to think about. Yeah. As long as you're finding. So like I ended up making it way further. I think I had like two of the four bosses beaten in Super Metroid before I could even go into a dungeon in Link to the Past. Holy crap. Because that's just where I was finding progress. Yeah. That, I mean, and, it's just how it goes. And the weird thing about that is like, I'm, I'm less familiar with the logic of Super Metroid, but you come to sure. realize how, how do I put this? A lot of the progress items in mm-hmm. Super Metroid are not unique because a bunch of them are super missiles and power bombs of which there are hundreds. Mm, true. So like, and it, there isn't like, so in Zelda, you have like one item that's the bow. But then there's about 15 other prizes in the game that are like 10 arrows. Yeah. Or in some cases, one arrow. Right? Yes. So you could find those at any point. You just can't use them until you use the bow. But not so in Super Metroid for super missiles or power bombs. Interesting. Any, any, there's one spot in the game that is programmed to be the place where you find that for the first time. But... It's just a normal pack. So any expansion pack that you find anywhere works to give you that. And then that unlocks stuff on the map. 
that's kind of interesting. So it's a very, very different logic than what I'm used to in Link to the Past, where there's like very, very specific progress items that you need that like there's only one of. And when you find the thing, that's when these things unlock. Whereas like in Super Metroid, there's a bunch of early checks and it's like one of those statistically is going to be super missiles and power bombs. And then all of a sudden half the map is unlocked. (laughs) Right. And then, you you know, there's still some things you need. You still need space jump. You still need, you know, probably high well, jump boots. You need the suits are huge. Oh, yeah, the suits. I, yeah, that's true, because you could have stuff that's hidden. I was watching you stream just the randomizer for Super Metroid. Yeah, yeah. An instance where you had like the suit on the other side of a super missile door mm-hmm. that you couldn't open because you couldn't get the angle right or you couldn't basically break the. the yeah, it's game the to... Varia suit that you need to. It's the Varia suit and the Varia suit is what lets you not take damage from the from the heat rooms. But yeah. the only way to find it is to go through the heat rooms. <laughs> yeah. So, so that would be a huge deal to find for sure. Yeah. So it's it was very interesting. Like the the logic for Super Metroid randomizer alone is very interesting. But having it like mixed up with Link to the Past, like I only did one and it took seven hours. So it's not something I'm going to do all the time because it is long. It takes a lot of time. It, yeah. it takes. Yeah, it, it is an ordeal. But um, it's the experience that I had was basically like you will find um, you'll find progress items for like maybe one of the games or the other, but probably not both at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine there's got to be some really fun runs where like something crazy happens. So how do you switch between the two games? I didn't ask that. Or did you say it? I sort of I sort of alluded to it. Um, So there are there are four locations in both games that basically lead to something unimportant. Oh, that's right. Like a shop or a uh, the the fortune teller by Lake Hylia is one of the spots for for uh, Link to the Past. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the caves on Death Mountain, and um, there is a. If you're familiar with Misery Mire, it's got like it's the it's the like big swamp mm-hmm. area, and there's two like weird viney looking like face things that you have to walk yes. in the yeah. The yep. mouth. So the one in the middle is the main dungeon. The one yep. on the left has two treasure chests in it. The one on the right, I don't even actually know what has in it normally, but they switched that to being one of those rooms. Just being one of those rooms. That's cool. So like they basically are just like they lead to shops or just like empty caves with like nothing important in them. And so they just delete those rooms and make those the travel points between between the games uh for super metroid i think it's um they automatically give you the map for each uh for each area because normally you have to find the map room and you like download the map yes um so i think a couple of the map rooms they just get rid of and turn those into they just turn those into Into uh, transfer points yeah but yeah it's it's just sort of like dead end rooms like that where it's like there's nothing really important in here so we'll just remove that room and make that the the transfer point. And it's interesting because that changes routing significantly. Okay, how come? There are certain areas in the game that you normally can't get to with the items that you have, right? You're you're like missing whatever you need to open this door or to cross this gap or something like that. So yeah. you can't get to such and such area because you don't have such and such item, but you might in the other game 
have access to two different warp portals, one of which will put you in the of in an area that you can't access otherwise. That's kind of cool. So for instance, like the in Link to the Past, two of the portals are in Light World and two of them are in Dark World. Yeah. Right? And one of them is on the one of them is at the Fortune Teller, which is by Lake Hylia, which is always accessible. Um, okay. One of them is up on uh, Death Mountain, which is only accessible if you have the flute or gloves. And it's not in logic until you have like the lantern because you have to go through right. a dark room. And that I believe links. Uh, I think you link to that from Norfair, the the Death Mountain one, I think links to Norfair. OK, it's each each one of the four links to a different area. So there's one in Criteria. There's one in Brinstar. There's one in Norfair. There's one in Meridia. That's so cool. So may. So, for example, like you may have access to Death Mountain, despite not having any of the items that you need to get to Death Mountain. Like you need the gloves or the flute or the lantern to get up to Death Mountain because you have to lift up the rock and you find the old man and all that stuff. Yeah. So until you do until you have one of those items, you can't get up there. But what you can do is you can go into Super Metroid and travel to Norfair and take that warp. Oh, yeah. Out of Norfair. And, sure, that, sure. and it spits you out on Death Mountain. So now you're there. So That's you do. So, cool. so you have access to certain areas in one game that you wouldn't have with the items you have in that game. But you can travel through the other game and come out through a different portal to get access to that other area. Right. So it completely turns like routing and logic on its head in a oh, yeah, way that like I like, I'm sure people have completely perfected and there is just like no chance that I was going to have any idea what I was doing there. Well, yeah, not yet. Jeez. But it is very, very, very cool. Very fun. That sounds, that sounds like, what an awesome project that some people had. I, I don't know if it's one person or not that created this thing, but like it's definitely several there. There's a bunch in the credits. That's just awesome to me that, that they did that, that it's, that it's beyond just a randomizer or something that, uh, just jumps between two games. Cause I actually thought that's what you meant when you said this at first was that it was just like the thing that you have that jumps between two games after. A second oh, like the shuffler. Yeah. I didn't yeah. really realize that it was two games as one experience. Yeah, they are they are like they are intrinsically linked to each other. Okay, so what happens when how do you beat the game then? Cuz if you beat Link doesn't to the past. end. Okay, so if Link to the Past ends, it ends? I think so. So theoretically you may not have to beat Mother Brain. I'm not sure. I did well, yeah, just yeah, because you... I mean, I've seen I looked it up and it said you have to beat both games. Oh, okay. but I don't know what happens if you beat one and not the other. It mm, might be yeah. a, it, it like it's possible they might make it a thing where like you can't hurt Ganon until you beat Mother Brain because there is a setting like like that in Link to the Past randomizer where uh, you can randomize the number of crystals you need. Um. So like so it's possible to like say, for example, you can access Ganon's tower at four crystals, but you can only hurt Ganon at six. Mm hmm. And what that does is that basically puts it that basically makes it so that you can go through and gather items in Ganon's tower. And it puts it in it puts it in logic as having like potentially uh, progress critical items. Yeah. Whereas like normally it's just sort of the last run and whatever you get there is just kind of a bonus. But that like but 
because normally you need seven crystals to get into Ganon's tower and then you just do Ganon. So one of the settings that they changed in Link to the Past randomizer is different numbers or randomized numbers of uh, crystals that you need for Ganon's tower access because there's like 20 some there's 22 items in there mm-hmm. or actually more than that, like 26 Um and normally none of those are progress items because you just like by the time you're there, you basically have everything you need and you've done all the other dungeons. So they change that so that you can get early access to that, which increases the, you know, the potential of there being something important there. But then it's like, OK, you might have to go into Ganon's tower to find like the hookshot or something in order to leave and then go do like Swamp Palace or something. To get yeah, the rest of the crystals that you need. So it totally changes the way you think about getting items and, and right. uh, progressing. But the point that I'm getting at is they have a method in place already to make Ganon unkillable. Right. And so it's possible that they just repurpose that. And it's like one of the one of the conditions for killing Ganon is Mother Brain's already dead. Ah, that would make sense. I, I don't know how in the hell they do that, but I don't know how they do any of this. It's super cool and interesting. <laughs> Programming is still magic to me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, shout that outs to awesome. the big, big shout outs to the emo tracker without which I would not have made it through that game much less in under seven hours. Um, those <laughs> games, I suppose I should say. Yeah. Um, the uh, it is a very, very good map tracker that actually you can sync with your emulator or your or your uh, SD to SNES uh, interface. And it literally just automatically updates with what items you have and what uh, what locations you've checked. <laughs> My God, that's cool. So like I, I had like I had that and I was using that as a crutch the whole time and like would not have at all all been able to finish this without that it was so incredibly useful <laughs> so i i recommend like i definitely recommend anyone to try this even if you don't finish a run just seeing the way that seeing the ways that they connect and seeing like what you can do in in each game is it's it's so remarkable also the uh, the link is the the url for getting to the uh, super metroid link to the past randomizer combo randomizer is uh https colon slash slash samus dot link <laughs> that's awesome that's really good <laughs> that's really good yes it is <laughs> oh i that reminds me actually so i did something silly um Ooh. so you can you can change your sprites in both games um for like what what sprite you want to use Okay. Uh, there's a ton more for Link to the Past because it's a much smaller and simpler sprite, whereas yeah. Samus's is like huge and complex and incredible. <laughs> yes. Um, but I was I was hoping for this, and I was I was not disappointed. Uh, so I I was able to put Link in Super Metroid and Samus in Zelda. Oh my God! Yes. So, so you it played was... them. You played them like uh, with the opposite sprites. Yes. That's fun. Yes, absolutely. It was super good. Even though bet, the Link sprite in Super Metroid was kind of janky. I was about to say, I bet but that it still looked really pretty goofy. good. 
the the run cycle i think was the most was the most uh confusing but you know what it basically looked like is like what's that picture a picture a snes version of the link sprite from zelda 2 <laughs> that's yes. basically what it looked like okay i could see that for sure yeah it was pretty good but it, it created this fun little narrative where like samus is going around in like hakariko village and picking up uh and picking up all these chests and like samus is finding like super missiles and power bombs and all of this stuff and it's like and she's just sitting here just crying because like i can't use any of this <laughs> i know like i know how to use all of this but it doesn't work here that's so good oh my god because like, I, I feel like the first 10 things i opened in in link to the past were all missile expansions yeah and it was just like <laughs> it's just like well, all right i technically am samus right now so she's she's grabbing all these things she's like yes oh crap <laughs> <laughs> also um that seed took a lot longer than it would have because the the logic there was actually wild um turtle rock was the last dungeon that i did and you've played link to the past or at least watched me play it relatively recently yeah. so you remember you know turtle rock and yes. you know the boss of turtle rock is trinex where you need the fire rod and the ice rod to hit like the opposite color heads right yep so the result of that is you cannot beat that without the ice rod. I went without, and there's also a bunch of dark rooms, like the, the platform room with the maze and everything. Yeah. Where you have to kind of go around and avoid the fire bars and everything. Oh yeah, I remember that. And I was like, I'm not doing that without, like, I'm not good enough to do that without the lantern. Like, there's no way. So I went into Turtle Rock without the ice rod or the lantern just because I was out of places to look. And they were both in the dungeon. <laughs> so I oh went through God. like I went through checking like every other location because I'm like, I'm not going to go to Turtle Rock when I can't finish it. Sure. Yeah. Because I need these things to finish it. And surely they're not both. They're not both in this spot. shuffled in not. the five possible checks in this dungeon. No, surely that's just two crazy. of them are not the ones that I need to finish the game. They totally were. Oh, my God. So that was fun, too. But yeah, it was a it was it was a very, very good time. Obviously, Super Metroid Link to the Past, very good games on their own merits. We've talked about them a little bit, but like Tom said, there's nothing we have to add to the discourse. No, they're they're very good games and everyone knows about them. But this combo randomizer is incredible and I would not recommend doing it in one sitting, but I would recommend giving it a shot, maybe with a tracker. And just like, just sit down with it for a while and, and see how you like it. It's it's a very, very unique, one of a kind experience. That's so cool. I, I, I didn't, that's, yeah, that makes it, that, I honestly didn't know that it was the two games in one kind of a thing. Like, that's so cool. It's, it's, it's very, very fun. And it, like, obviously, like, there's a lot about it that is confusing. Of course, yeah. But having the having the map tracker there that shows you like what it does is it actually shows you what items are what item locations are available to you. Mm -hmm. So like if you're ever lost about like not knowing where to go or what you can do, just look at the map and it just has big green squares being like, hey, you can get this right now. That's awesome. So, yeah, it really makes it simple to. I mean, not simple, but it, it, it streamlines this chaotic experience a bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I would not recommend 
even attempting it without that. <laughs> I would say even if you are experienced with both Super Metroid and Link to the Past, even if you are good at both of those games, even if you're experienced with each of those randomizers, I would still take in some extra help to do the crossover randomizer because it changes both of them. Yeah, it seems like it would be useful still. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If only just because there's there's just so many more items to keep track of. So many, so many other, so many more locations to keep track of. It helps to know like what you have in one game when you're in the other. And yeah. be, and if you're thinking about like, hey, could I go do this? Could I go there? Do I have this? Because mm -hmm. it's honestly hard to remember. So I that's again, that's Samus dot link. Um, I think you do Samus have to. <laughs> I know. So the only thing is like they don't give you the ROM. So you have to have a functioning, uh, you have to have a functioning, you know, ROM copy of A Link to the Past and Super Metroid to sort of feed into it. Because sure. then it's, because all it's really doing is modifying and, and like hacking those files. Because if they distributed the files, that would be. That's illegal. Legally questionable. Yeah. I own both of those games, so it's fine. It's perfectly fine. But yeah, it's, uh. That's the that's the that's the disclaimer on it is like you B Y O R. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's I, I don't I don't have much else to add to it. It's it's fun. Go try it. No, the only thing I was going to say is I have two things. One, uh, I, I urge everybody to look up the original commercials for Super Metroid and a link to the past from Japan. They're they're very silly. The Super Metroid one is it's. It's uh, kind of good. It's just like 90 CG jank. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's enjoyable. It's 30 seconds. And the link to the past one is very interesting because it's a, a musical number. <laughs> yeah. I really wasn't expecting. I really was not at all expecting, um, like a, a link thriller number, but it happened. It did happen. That's what they did. That's what they went for it. And when you were talking about the various bosses you were in Super Metroid, I just wanted to mention a little bit about a, a what's his name? Dragon? Dragon, I think. Um, the, and the boss yeah. in Super Metroid? Yeah. 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 So did you, you know, the little thingies that come out? I can't think of what they're called, like Evere's? Evere? I think that's what they Oh, are. I don't little, know what the names are at all. Well, those little floaty things that come out and they do like a little, they do like kind of a dance or whatever before the, um, before you actually see the boss. Like they appear on the left side of the screen and kind of float around the screen and then kind of go away and then the boss appears. Yeah, they're just kind of like mini like baby versions, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, apparently the, the guy that programmed all that sequence, his name's uh, Yasuhiko Fuji. Okay. He, he was what the, they, I guess they spell out, um, Keiko Love, because Keiko was the name of the girl that the person was dating at the time that they programmed it, and they he so he had them so they're it's not just random floating huh. that they do. It actually spells out that, and he did it in English because he figured no one would notice, and clearly nobody noticed. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, it took a long time. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I don't think anyone's looking for. Uh, I don't think anyone is looking for, uh, like secret air written messages from like no, no. from enemy from like enemy flight patterns but it does make a lot of sense because it does seem kind of like erratic yeah so it's it's sort of funny that the, the there was an interview with him on 
I, and I, th- I, I don't remember where it was, but it was in, there was some interview with that guy who revealed that he had done that uh, when, when he was coding the, the boss fight. And it just made me smile because if, if you read the, the text of the interview, he said something about how his, I want to say it was his heart was racing as he was like coding it in to make to like follow that path or whatever. And it just it made me smile. I wonder if it was like it. A, I wonder if it was a confession. Like, was it his girlfriend or was he like, did he put that in as like a secret message? Like a like a marriage proposal kind of thing. Well, so but they kind of do gonna... their like, please go out with me thing as if it's a marriage proposal. So, so they were dating already. My understanding is okay. And basically, he was working a lot because it's uh-huh. a Japan game. Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> and uh, he was spending most of his nights in the office. Yeah, is, is my understanding of it. And so he was. Uh, he was just like, I miss you, basically. I miss you. And that's what it was, more or less. I, now, I don't I don't remember the exact quote, but it <laughs> it kind of harkens back to when we were talking about um, uh, Terranigma. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's it's that funny. whole sequence where it's like they're like, ha ha, I haven't seen my family in months. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, oh, this is true. Shoot. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> but that's it. I don't actually have anything. Uh, else to add to it because i didn't i didn't play clearly since i didn't even know what they were i played them individually and you know they're super metro and a link to the past they're great games if you haven't played them you should but i think more importantly if you own them <laughs> obviously you should uh try out this randomizer because it sounds incredible it's very incredible it's again i played it in one sitting because it was a marathon stream for for charity i think it would probably be a lot less exhausting if you don't do that but especially if you are using a map tracker, because then you can just leave the map tracker and save it and then pick it up from where you left off and not be confused about where you have and haven't been. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, it, it's definitely like probably a tour, especially if you're not used to like the randomizers in general um, mm-hmm. or if you're not like hyper familiar with the game and some of its like logic and tricks and stuff. Um, yeah, do, do it. But like definitely use a map tracker like have a have a window open where you can look up like tricks and sequence breaks and stuff in case you need them, because like there there's some things I had to learn on the on the fly. Like it's it's a difficult experience, but it's it's really like if you've ever felt I've always said this about randomizers. If you've ever felt like oh man, I really, really love this game and I've played it a bunch of times and I want to like I wish I could experience it again for the first time. Because like give you that experience. Yeah. Randomizers give you the closest thing to that experience that you can have where it's kind of a unique thing each time. And this is a more unique thing than either game individually. Like it's it's a completely new animal. Yeah. I mean, that could be its own. uh, That could be a whole uh, game idea on its own. Mm -hmm. right? Like two games that are separate games that are that bleed together and help each other out, which actually be a really sweet game. Yeah, that would be a cool. I mean, it'd be a lot of work, but. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. I think it was a. I think it was a lot of work just to co- just to connect two existing games, much <laughs> less make them both from the ground up. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I definitely. I definitely recommend it. If you have a. If you have a taste for either of those games individually at all, and admittedly, Super Metroid has some aspects to it where it's like it's not super fun to play. Sure. Sometimes, like it's a very well, good it. game, but like. You know, it expects you to know how to wall jump and shine spark. And some of the ways that those things work are not incredibly clear or consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, it 
what I'm saying is it's a highly technical game in a it way is. that is not super user friendly. And that doesn't necessarily appeal. It's going back to like games that haven't improved upon themselves. Everything about Metroid has improved like dread controls like a dream. It really and does. Just watching like, it makes me want to play it. And and Super Metroid is like you can make it work, but it feels like you really have to you really have to work to make it do what it says it's supposed to do. Yeah. So if you're OK with that, if you feel like uh, if you feel like jumping back in on that, this is a very, very good way to experience both of those games as a new game. But again, use the emo tracker, um, especially it, like I find it especially it took a little work getting the Lua connector to work with the with the emulator so that it would actually do the auto update thing. Mm-hmm. But God, it was such a relief just knowing that when I pick up a thing. I don't have to find it on the map and click it <laughs> like it just goes. You can just play the game and it'll just update as you go and it'll tell you what you have and where you've been. And when you look back over to the map, you can just be like, OK, this is what's available. Like it's it's such a it's such a relief. So big shout out to Emosaru for for putting that together. Also, the Emo Tracker in particular has I didn't realize this, but it actually has like a bunch of downloadable packages. Hmm. So it I used it for uh, it's for SMZ three, but like you can also use it for like it's got like a bunch of different Zelda randomizers. It's got a bunch of different Metroid randomizer. It has a bunch of Mario randomizers. It has like even new stuff like Hollow Knight and Ender Lilies have randomizers in there. Oh wow! Um, so like, and you can just basically. It's not really a store because you don't pay for any of them, but it's just kind of like a browse page where it's like, hey, just download whichever ones of these that are relevant to you. Sure. And you could just use them. So that's super, super cool. So it's 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 a random it's a it's a randomizer tracker for basically like any randomizer. I think Pokemon was in there, too. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's very, very good. Um, I, I'm going to probably use that as my default tracker for most things from here on that's all i got that's 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 i think that's the podcast that's the podcast that's it Thank you.